0: No
1: kidding. Yeah, kidding. Well, no, no kidding. I'm not kidding.
0: (laughs) Yes, you're not kidding. Yeah.
1: Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw.
0: And I am Aaron Flores, in awe... ...of this new machine, the dawning of a new era.
1: I, I really hope this turns out okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wouldn't it are be we awful jinxing ourselves by it, right? saying something?
2: <laughs> I can't wait till they see the new wait, trailer. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia...
1: We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way.
0: Covering bicycling, trains, and transit adventures and life hacks. And today, it's Halloween. It's We're, Halloween. We have a spooky. Sh- Not really. We oh. don't. We don't at all. We don't. <laughs> no.
1: I don't know. Anytime that. Yeah,
0: can, I don't know. I'm can going we share with that. ghost stories? Sure we could share ghost stories i don't know any well who do we have here in the studio we have todd tillinger aka mr t good
2: evening long time
0: long time friend of the show and uh one-time visitor
2: yeah, I guess. thanks for having me <laughs>
0: yeah thanks for thanks for hanging out with us you're in town for work I, i'm in and town for work and it just so happens it was during a recording uh, uh session
2: yeah. and it was nice enough to have you you know invite me over and be a witness to greatness here. <laughs> <laughs> the show, every week. The show,
1: right. 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 Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we've got some new kit, So if it sounds a little different, that's why. Let us know. We're uh, mostly dialed in, but we'll be continuing to tweak over the yeah. next couple of weeks as we uh, find our sound once again. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for tuning in. So glad to have you here with us this week, Todd. Um, have you had a chance to do anything outside of work? it's Inspired have, by? I have,
2: okay. I have. We've, uh, I'm here with a group of people, and, and, you know, one evening we walked across the river from downtown and wandered through Southeast a little bit and, uh, you know, took some pictures and had a burrito, had a beer down at 12th and Division. Oh, no who, kidding. Um, nice. A couple actually, you know, we decided we had been there long enough that we needed to get food. So walked across the street and ended up coming back to eat it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that
0: was really nice. Did Did you find a seat for you there?
2: I did find a seat yes. at the big, uh, it's the slab table made out of a big piece of walnut or cherry or some big trunk of a tree. Yes. So it has a good shape for conversation.
0: And this would be uh, the Beer Mongers on Southeast Division and 12th.
2: That is exactly the place. <laughs>
0: this is me trying to wedge in a commercial That's into right. your story. Here. Well,
1: well, not a commercial, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's our it's our our sponsor. Sorry. Our our good friends who are happy to sponsor the show by giving us beverages each week. So, thank you Beer Mongers. Um I'm having a Flicker India Pale Ale, which is a hop that is on fire continuing with the fire oh, trend that wow. we've been yeah. talking about the last couple of weeks from Block oh, 15 man. Brewing Company. Um it is pretty tasty and also yeah. There are California wildfires right now. And there are. I, can you drink something that has a fire motif and solidarity? Sure. Well, I'm going to sure, drink it. Sure. Why not? Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I drinking.
0: think. Yeah. And and going along with this, there's a little there's a little fire in the mountains here. This is from the Wildland kombucha, the mint lemonade, which I believe I've had before. Mm-hmm. Very delicious.
1: And I actually talked to um, shoot, it wasn't Sean. Gosh darn it! I forgot his name just now. Uh, gent at mm. the Beermongers, who said that the reason that logo has fire on it is that um it's a husband and wife as part of the company and the husband fights fire hence the fire oh, in the logo cool so it's more of a, a forest fighter or forest firefighter reference right on yeah yeah
2: what are you having todd i am drinking the stormbreaker brewing mississippi red dry hopped red ale nice and it's it's really really good i'm in that red amber neighborhood pretty solidly and it's getting harder and harder to find a good red or amber in the especially in the northwest with mm-hmm. IPAs I was going to say yeah,
0: because yep. <laughs> IPAs have sort of taken over right well
2: and now uh sours mm. or uh, oh, really? whatever they're called and and uh I, I that's not my thing. I, yeah. Some people like it and I'm really happy that there's a lot of diversity out there for it but I'm just a little too stuck in the mud Missis- Mississippi red mud
1: yeah (laughs) absolutely well and that was uh uh, it seemed to be a popular ale that was the last one they had so i snagged it for you very nice yeah thanks to the beer mongers thank you um thanks to our patreon supporters as always and to those who are neither of the above but lend us your ears each week we appreciate you very much what were you up to this week
0: aaron what was i up to this week did i mention san jose last week You sent a
1: photo, and I was like, wow, Aaron's in San Jose.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just randomly went to San Jose for a Saturday. It was pretty awesome. Um, And I had an overnight there. I don't remember if I told this story now. I don't think so. Okay. So I'll apologize in advance if this is a redundant story, but I don't think it is. Um, So we're in the hotel room, and we just... I've told this story so many times that that's why I feel like it might be. Oh, redone. okay. But we're in the hotel room and uh, we we hear like a bunch of noise. We're like, what's, what's going on? And did like on Google Maps, like there must be like an event or something. And noticed that the. Uh, Center for Performing Arts the San Jose Center for Performing Arts was right across the street from the hotel and there did happen to be a band scheduled to play that night oh, okay. so we're like oh the probably like sound checking or something but it just kept going uh, so unrelated to that we went out for coffee and since it we were in the middle of downtown San Jose and since it's you know california and still sunny out there um we took a walk out for coffee and we got like two blocks from the hotel and the street was just blocked off Mm. it's like chain link fence and uh security guards cops blocking off the streets and we're like what is going on and and at this point like once we're outside the hotel we could tell like the music and the noise is not just coming from this Center for Performing Arts. It's, like, outside somewhere. And so we ended up tracing a good, like, four or five blocks of fence till we found an entrance. And all the while, we're, like, kind of looking in to see what's happening. And we're seeing, like, food trucks and, like, people milling about. And, like, uh, it's almost like, um, I guess the the Portland equivalent would be, like, a Saturday market where you have, like, the food The food vendors out, and then you also have like, you know, certain crafters and and artists having their stuff out for sale. And so we're like, oh, this must be like a Saturday market thing. And we finally get to the entrance, and they're like, oh, it's a $10 admissions. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, all the music is like, is like Tejano, Ranchero but also like some some modern music too. So we're like okay, so this is there's San Jose is like uh um has a pretty high Hispanic population or Latino population. So uh we're like well this that must just be like the common flavor that they're choosing right now. Okay. Um but we're like okay, $10. We'll go ahead and pay it. We walk in and just inside the entrance is classic luchador wrestling happening live. oh, it is amazing, okay. yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> wow. like three dudes in a ring like tackling each other and doing like all these cool acrobatic stuff off the off the uh you know off the top uh, ropes, like diving at each other. I'll show you guys the videos later. it's pretty amazing um, and it was like this whole like uh dia de los muertos uh uh Festival mm-hmm. that was going on, and apparently San Jose has been doing this for 10 years running. This is, like, their 10th anniversary, so they did it, like, super big. It okay. just so happened I was in San Jose for this, wow. so it was, yeah, it was amazing. Oh, my gosh, so awesome. Mexican Ska, I I thought, like, you know, Ska was dead. Apparently, they just moved south for a while, mm-hmm. decolonized themselves. <laughs> now it's, like, even better. Huh. Yeah. Wow.
1: So this yeah. is was, is this something that you've gone back to multiple times now? Or this a was... San Jose? No, no. Okay. This was just
0: like a one-time deal. Oh, gotcha.
1: Gotcha. You know?
0: But He's... yeah, like every year they've they I guess have put on this oh, okay. this uh, Día de los Muertos uh uh festival. Gotcha. And, and I just happened to be there on the day that it was happening.
1: Nice. I wasn't sure cuz you had said you told the story so many times that maybe I've, this was like a I've story you told. I've told this for... particular this oh, actual okay.
0: story so many times gotcha. because it was so amazing. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. I was yeah. imagining you telling it for like 10 years and like I just had not heard it. For <laughs> oh, some reason. I will be telling it for like 10 <laughs> years running probably. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know where to go to have a fun time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cool. No, it, was,
0: it was pretty sweet. And like $10 uh, admission to get in. And I'm sure we we spent well over 100 on just like all the food vendors and mm-hmm. the different like artisans. I I pretty much got most of my Christmas shopping done. Okay. While we were there. Nice. Uh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, it was pretty awesome.
1: That's wow. great. Um my week was less exciting. <laughs> went different. I'm gonna go with different. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. I mostly uh hung out here in PDX, got some good bike rides in and um notably Orbit the Spider, who is our, our oh, resident right. spider. At the house yeah. went went M I A, so it's very sad, but Chevy, who's our backyard spider, uh, is still around. So, we really? I'm just hoping that orbit decided to find like another place to exist uh instead of getting like eaten by a bird or something like that. I was going to
0: say like what's the life expectancy of a spider anyway? I don't
2: know. I was know. wondering.
1: Yeah, uh an uh, Pacific Northwest like orb weaver. I mean, they they are born in the spring, they mature in the fall. So, one would have to imagine at least seven or eight ish months, okay. something something okay. like that. Like from full full cycle, um, they can get pretty big. Like if you imagine a ah oh, like imagine a tennis ball, and then just a little bit smaller than a tennis ball. I can't think of an object because it's definitely larger than a marble. Uh, the, the body. Yeah, yeah. The abdomen gets oh, pretty wow. big on them for like fully mature orb weavers. Uh, like the one in our backyard is is starting to get up to like sub. Uh, did I say tennis ball? Let me say yeah. ping pong ball. I'm that's gonna still go. pretty but large. Yeah, that's a yeah. big yeah. spider. Sorry. Tennis ball, scratch. Ping pong ball, more accurate. Uh yeah, like it's 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 like it's like 60% of ping pong ball right now and wow. it's kind of like working its way up there. It did it, it had a very smart move which was to make its web next to the decaying apples on the apple tree. Oh, so I think a lot that's of... been proving a boon to its uh food supply. Mm-hmm. So, um, Oh, yes. The yeah, apple I... attracts
0: the flies. It does. And, the and
1: plenty of other yeah. things, it turns out. <laughs> uh like me <laughs> looking at a <the> spider um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it was good and um yeah i just kind of like played it played it close to home uh read or am reading a new book a man called ove or ove as uh it is in the movie and i've seen the movie but i haven't read the book and i'll tell you um i can identify with him a lot because i feel like in some ways i'm a bit of a curmudgeon <laughs> or i'm I'm at least like a a principled curmudgeon in some ways like how can you be like a a like uh confrontational pdx biker sometimes without being a bit of a curmudgeon but it's such a fun book um so if anybody's looking for a new recommendation um and it's been part of the like finishing my library so that i can like read new things that i haven't like read before um so that's been good it's been kind of like an at homey at home week um and yeah it's fun times
0: Right now. That's my story.
1: Um, So, Todd, switching our focus to you, uh, what has your... um, So, have you been to Portland before?
2: A number of times. A number of times. Yeah, work has brought me here, and and we've been through on our own just on vacations from time to time. Okay. And uh, I always enjoyed coming here for work, and this might be one of the last times I come for a while because I recently uh, moved... We're moving from Helena, Montana, to Tennessee, Oh, wow. And so uh, my duties there won't bring me this direction. I'm more likely to go north or, or mm-hmm. south or east from there. Kind of like a different district kind of jazz. It's exactly a different district, yep. right? Yep. I, what I did before was uh, based more in more in Montana, and what I'm doing now is based more around Nashville and Tennessee mm-hmm. and that the makes surrounding sense. area. Well, so, there's there's some beautiful parts to that area as well. There is. Um, we're moving there, and uh, my, my wife has never been there. And, and so she's on her way now. I'll, I'll meet up with her tomorrow and, and uh, finish the trip down. So you know, hopefully, hopefully she likes it as much as, as much as I do. I think, <laughs> so you've I, been I think there, you've be, been there for a while. I had, I've been there uh, about a month okay. or so. And uh, it, it's neat. It's, you know, the only drawback for, for Nashville, which I, I knew it had a lot of bike uh, lanes that light up on the Google layer and you can you can find some greenways and get places, mm-hmm. and uh, the only drawback is there's a lot of areas that are are not accessible to each other. You know, you have great biking in one area, and there might be a mile or two of separation uh, where the roads are simply too narrow, too hilly, and 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 way too much traffic moving much too quickly mm-hmm. to to bicycle safely. And so I'm it's not- like
0: a number of oases, yeah, you know, in the desert in a mm-hmm. way
2: exactly exactly and so you can find the greenways and kind of you know take a path off of those one direction or, or another and uh you can have some beautiful riding and fall is just starting to kick in but it's it's a beautiful place i mean there's a lot of limestone cliffs and hardwood trees and things Ooh. i'm not used to seeing uh and the people are just super nice but uh something happens when they there's just no Uh, there's no safe way to get around sometimes, but it's still okay. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Well, it's always fun exploring
1: new places. Um, I feel like, you know, there's good things to be said about Mm -hmm. staying put, and there's a lot of good things to be said about checking out someplace new as well.
2: Yeah, you know, both of the kids are out of the house, and and, uh, the last few winters, uh, Aaron, I know you've got family in Montana, and the last few winters have been pretty severe and so this is going to be a hopefully a pleasant change from that. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: this year doesn't seem to be uh, looking so great no. for Montana. It's, it's been it's so already hard, three so. over mm-hmm. there. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it's been rough already, and it, it's just still October. Mm-hmm. So yep. we'll we'll keep an eye on the weather, but we won't we won't have to worry about it as much. Gotcha. So. <laughs> uh, did you do
0: much mountain biking in Montana?
2: I, I did I, – I started mountain biking in the mid-1980s uh, when mountain biking was more like they had closed a Forest Service road. And so oh. you were riding – they'd probably call it gravel riding now on the okay. old the old rigid 26ers. Yeah. And that's what I thought mountain biking was. And then you know, I got a job and, and you kind of get – I got away from bicycling vigorously for a number of years. And when I came back, mountain biking had changed. Um, there were shocks on the front, shocks on the back. Uh, and then when you did go out on the trails they were no longer gentle forest service roads that didn't have cars on them they were uh, super curvy and jumps and banked corners and <laughs> mm. and and I, I I thought
0: that's what mountain biking was well, well, I, I, I did not know yeah I, I think
2: I think yeah. that is what it is and yeah. it just it it passed my equipment uh capabilities and my personal capabilities sure. and and when I did try to ride it I, I found that I I didn't enjoy it as much because I was Really, really scared. I would uh, imagine so. Yeah.
1: So it was more like a bicycle arms race to how comfy can I feel navigating this trail. R-
2: right, and, and Helena has some of the some fantastic mountain biking. Some of the best trails uh, in the Northern Rockies are right in that area. They have mountain bike festivals and shuttle festivals, and it's got a good micro, micro brew f- scene and coffee shops, and it's a great place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not something that was. Uh, I, I don't feel like I could take full advantage of that, mm. but I did like to ride around town and my wife and I tour, uh, on bikes. And, uh, you know, we enjoy less of the intense mountain biking scene and a lot more of getting out in the hills and you know, outdoorsy. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, more of know. the
0: bike camping. Oh yeah. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on.
2: Yeah. And you know, we'll, we'll do loaded tours or credit carded or we'll go somewhere and, and, you know, set up camp and then kind of go do day trips from something like that. And, uh, and it's been it's been great, you know, and that's that's what we've found we really, really enjoy and, you know,
0: so. Yeah, and I was thinking you mentioned like the limestone cliffs yeah in in Tennessee and I I wonder, well I don't know how far Nashville is from like the Ozarks over there. It, but I mean you're at least Relatively closer than than Helena, anyways. It is, It's a totally new, new, uh, I don't know, biosphere Mm -hmm. to bike through.
2: Yeah, I think the Ozarks are more of a a limestone karst topography where things are eroded down into the landscape. The limestone dissolved, and it's not as much of the uplift and plate Uh tectonics that occurred. And Tennessee has three distinct regions, which somebody had told me is why they have a flag with three stars on it. Oh, yeah, kind of the east, middle, and, and central. That's cool. Or east, central, and west. And uh, you get that kind of edge of the Adirondacks or Appalachians, mm-hmm. and then you get the hill country in the middle. And so there's a lot more uh, uplifted areas. It, it's hilly. It's it's not nearly as uh, – it, 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 it's definitely hilly. It's yeah. not as flatter. It's different than the Ozarks, which – you know, you get up on a plane and you can kind of see across the top of everything. Right, and in Tennessee and, and northern Alabama, really, uh, you get up on some hills and it's not huge elevations. You know, you're still, you know, a thousand feet give or take on some of the high spots, mm. but you can definitely see the terrain rolling, and it it's a pretty neat yeah. geography. It'll be mm. neat to explore and learn learn more about it. Yeah,
1: knowing um, what you did about the change in locations. Mm-hmm. Did you do anything different this season or less last part of the summer to take advantage
2: of the time in Montana? Uh, we, sp- we spent some time getting ready to move, but it was also—no? Uh, uh, okay. We We kind of did our normal <laughs> Montana scene. So right we, we Which felt can be really, just fine. Right. We? I mean, we felt really <laughs> lucky that— uh, we didn't have a tremendous forest fire year uh, yeah. because the smoke in the past several summers has been so bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you have a beautiful summer and the temperatures are perfect and you've had a long, hard winter and then the smoke rolls in for a month or two, mm-hmm. you feel like you were kind of cheated out of something. Right. And then yeah. the snow comes again. Yep. And so okay. we had a nice summer and we did get out a little bit. Good. Good. On more of the shorter trips. Gotcha. Uh, North well, Idaho.
0: It's one of the things we kind of deal with here too um less with snow and cold but just with the rain and and the mm-hmm. cloud cover um and last year's last summer was pretty smoky right. and so it was not as easy to get out a lot of us still kind of did but it did like feel like you know the summers are the or the the nice months are so precious to mm-hmm. us that you know, we get so few of them, so that when we're unable to get out, you're right. Like, like we got robbed of a summer last year.
2: Well, and I, I think it, uh, I, I think it does some, uh, like it, it's uh, there's a little bit of almost trauma with that when you've been kind of cooped up, oh, and, and yeah. you're ready for some nice weather, and you don't want to have to travel to the coast or or go somewhere else. You want to take advantage of what's in your backyard after work and just go, right, and enjoy it. And you don't have that opportunity fully when, you know, when you, when the smoke is there. Yeah. Uh,
1: What you described, uh, reminds me a lot of our crater lake trip.
0: Oh yeah. Well,
1: just, you know, same thing for Oregon, right? I I almost feel like it was the last two and a half, like three summers here because growing up in the state, I, I remember like the first time that you saw smoke west of the Cascades and that was not more than five or six years ago. I, I, there there have been times before that, but it just didn't feel kind of the same. It didn't have the same ominous tone of like, oh, this is not not like this, this is, is a warning a, of something once, bigger. You know, it goes from yeah, once yeah. in a lifetime to like the new norm. And you're right. just like, oh,
2: damn. Uh. <laughs> well, having been through uh, whatever the interstate is along the gorge, mm-hmm. uh, having been through there so many times at almost every time of the year, I could never imagine fires in that landscape mm-hmm. and then to to know that a lot of it went up in smoke and and i i just can't wrap my brain around that i never thought it was dry enough to burn mm-hmm. but
1: yeah there it is definitely well and it's interesting too uh so i traveled out to the gorge uh maybe about a month ago month and a half or so and like i i'm sure like many portlanders eagle creek was kind of one of my my favorite trailheads <laughs> yeah and we rolled up to eagle creek and i was like oh sweet nobody's here and then we got to the gate that was not gettable oh. to because there was a fence in front of it and eagle creek was closed and it's been you know three years now two and a half years and i'm just like oh yeah <laughs> um and so like in some sense because of the i guess like disconcern for the I would call it sanctity maybe of that Mm -hmm. space. I'm kind of happy people aren't allowed up there yet, but also it's sad at the same time. Uh, And what we did take advantage of was the outlet to Eagle Creek. You can still go down to where it meets the Columbia. um, And there's a really nice rock to jump off of that. Very few people go to anymore because you can't get into Eagle Creek. Yeah. So um, pocket spot, if you're ever looking to get wet in the (laughs) gorge, um, you can almost always have a rock
2: to yourself at the entrance to the Columbia. (laughs) Wow. What was it closed because they're worried about dead trees falling on people or mudslides or all of the above uh, I would just,
1: imagine. Okay, well and there's a section recovery. on the trail that is incredibly prone to rockfall. Oh. And with the fire it just got even, even more so. so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I mean on a on a geologic scale, um Eagle Creek's taking a little breather, you know. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as far as we're concerned, you know. Um I'll I'll look forward to when it, I can hike on it again. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, it it might be good to like, you know, take a break from from Mm -hmm. human intervention for a while
1: yeah well and it's like i was talking to one of the forest rangers who was making sure people didn't jump the fence at multnomah falls she's like you know this is a great opportunity for study and for observing a recovering ecosystem in a very unique microclimate to this area of the gorge so i can see the positive i think there's definitely a silver lining there regardless of my like um sadness about not being able to hike on it like i can still appreciate that we're going to learn things from that and that it will advance our understanding of forest ecology and otherwise
0: yeah right on
1: i'm not sure how
3: i got (laughs) it forest fires montana
2: biking last opportunity weather and and just all that jazz the trauma and then you know this week in portland i i feel really lucky uh because I hit it on a good weather. You week. got yes, yeah. um, you
0: got like oh one of gosh. the last clear days I think mm-hmm. of the year.
2: Oh, it's been gorgeous to it's, wake up and, and or just to. uh
0: It's been chilly, but oh, it's
2: been so nice.
0: But yeah, of course. <laughs> Were you biking in shorts? Yep. <laughs> yeah.
1: okay. uh, not. I don't have shorts on. Pre- I've, I've worn shorts every
0: day this week except for today, yeah. actually. So yeah. to finish my thought, though, it's been chilly, but it's been like so clear and sunny and yeah. dry. Like usually about this time of year is when the rains start coming in.
2: Right. Now, these crisp fall, I mean, perfectly blue sky with just enough clouds to light it up a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't know what mountain is off that you can see from downtown. It could is that Mount I was Hood, gonna say, the pointy yeah, one? It's, it's got to be off. Mount Hood, right? It's just been just beautiful. And yeah. The previous times I've been through, I don't recall seeing anything but maybe a low, lay, you know, low layer of clouds ah. and, and some some definitely wetter weather. Yeah. But this has really been spectacular. Um, and I, I can't believe all the colors. I, you know, there, it's such a diversity of trees and yep. so many different shades of so many colors. And it's that's been the fun part is just leaving downtown a little bit and... Just walking whatever neighborhoods you can see, and mm-hmm. it's it's nice to see just fall. Yeah. It's my favorite
1: time of year. Oh, it's, it's such a great season. Yeah. The uh, windstorm that we got as well,
2: I'm not sure how long you've been in town. Since Monday afternoon. Okay, yeah. So, so you, you caught, caught the it. windstorm, yeah. That was uh, two days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. yeah. That
1: was our first earnest windstorm of the fall as well. So I'm, I'm happy there's leaves still up. Uh, there's no like soggy trick-or-treating happening as we speak that's right yeah my neighbor yeah. was uh in his yard each day this week with a leaf blower and i'm just like wait till it stops being windy
0: <laughs> it's a bit right? <laughs> you know I mean, blows it out and then I, it comes right back
1: i, I had my thoughts i'm, I'm a you do you but like that seems a bit futile <laughs> um so it was it was nice to not have that windstorm conclude and to have all of the leaves off the trees. I was actually quite surprised about how much fall we've got left up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nice. Well, do you have any plans for the rest of your time here in town?
2: I, I leave tomorrow morning. Okay. So I have to find out what time the red line starts running in the morning because it's, it's one of those... Early. It's pretty early. You yeah, might get it's lucky. A super early flight. So I, I know the airport shouldn't be too busy that time of day, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that's... That's kind of the end of it
0: we've we've had to get some like four forty five a m uh red
2: line okay trains yeah, okay yeah I think they said the first one runs at four ten or that sounds it starts right. running at four o'clock at the at the far end and kind of catches you as it goes. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hope
1: so too. Oh, man. Well, hey, you know, worst case scenario, you get to spend some more time in
0: Portland. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Can I take this moment to gripe about Cardigo? Uh, Oh, sure. Shuttering their Portland operations. Because that was was like our... our, Wait, uh, wait. Yes. Go ahead. So Cardigo is shuttering their Portland operations. And let me tell you how inconvenient this is for me. (laughs) <laughs> me and and maybe a few other people, but especially myself this has been uh the cardigo was like my my uh what what would i say like the the parachute that I needed mm-hmm. whenever the the red line was delayed or um or for whatever reason it happens like the max is either delayed or unexpectedly like not there.
1: It's your backup plan.
0: And so, yeah, the car to go is like a really great backup plan. And living next to or near Lloyd Center, there was mm-hmm. always like one or two within a few blocks. Yeah, that's of a good us. point. Um, and yeah, there were times where like Anna would be late for, for her shift as a flight attendant if it wasn't for car to go. So, car to go, you've really made my life, our lives, less convenient by shuttering your operations. And and maybe I should also say thank you for doing what you did. <laughs> you've you've got us mm. to work on time many times.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But also
1: what's what's that Bob Dylan song?
0: A hard rain's gonna fall? No. Oh, sure. Yeah, I was thinking
1: yeah. the times they are changing. Oh, yes. The
0: times they... Yeah. They're not changing to my liking. <laughs> <Gotcha>.
1: <laughs> what's what's All right. Here's another uh, saying. As the have, worm turns.
2: <laughs> yeah. But you have scooters now.
0: Oh, that's true. So, yeah? Yeah. A little I, harder to take your luggage on a scooter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I have
1: seen they, it. Oh, I have seen people do yeah. it, though. Have you seen the cruiser scooters, though? yeah. They're oh, not yeah. really cruising. like,
2: six-inch-wide tires yeah. or 10-inch-wide yeah. tires and yeah. a seat and... Yeah, They're, I saw a couple of those driving around. You could fit some decent luggage on that. Well, there were three people on one that I saw. Well, so yeah. there, there you go. Then it's, it, it could carry our luggage. Late. Yeah,
1: bring bring your zip ties. Yeah, bring your bring your cord and your uh, strap.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh man, have you tried any of those?
2: I I've tried uh, I tried one of the uh, what's the Uber company that does scooters jump? They do on the Uber app Volt? Well, if on the Uber app, I, there are some I should have known. I,
0: I didn't realize, but I, it seems obvious that Uber would have their hands in that.
2: Right. You know. So if you're in uh, – I happen to be in Austin, Texas this January. We were there, and on the Uber app, I pulled down the little picture of the car at the top of the map, mm-hmm. and it, it had a scooter option and a bike option, an e-bike oh, option. Oh, really? All they got dockless, an e-bike
0: now too, huh?
2: Right. Well, there was dockless bike share and, and dockless scooters, you know – littering the city of Austin <laughs> in quotes. Yeah. But it was they were great. So I tr- I tried to scooter around the Capitol grounds there and it was it was a lot of fun but there's pretty small wheels compared to what I'm used to riding you know yeah. for rocks and bumps and cracks. Totally. But uh talk about a handy way. You don't have to figure out a different app for your phone if you've got the Uber app and you've got, you know, yeah. payment options set up. You just walk up to it and take a picture of the little square code and you're good to go. It unlocks it and you're you're rolling. Mm-hmm. Wow. And when you're done, you just uh open the app and hit stop or end. And as long as you park it legally, mm-hmm. I, I think they want you to take a picture of it when you park it to mm-hmm. make sure that it's legally left. But uh it it's it's uh it's neat. I scooters aren't my thing. I'd I'd rather be on a bike.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're certainly more stable. They are. I've I've been, like, mixing transit modes. Uh, You're you totally
2: correct, by the way. It is Jump. Uh, is it Jump? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wasn't as familiar with that one. Is it bikes and scooters that are Jump? I, that's what I don't remember. They're orange. Uh, jump they're all, was a bike. They're all... Right. But they have uh, orange scooters. they the same paint job, but they're scooters. Oh. I thought... Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There's, we there's a few companies around. I don't think
0: we had Jump in Portland for very long. It was... It was very short-lived, and it was during the um, the tram closing. That's right. That they had the uh, jump bikes.
2: Ah, yeah, because one uh, going up the
1: mountain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. there was a. I remember too. I was a bit disappointed. Um, although I, I'm guessing it, I'm guessing it's political. I don't know. This is just my.
0: my Everything's political. It's true.
1: Uh, <laughs> So Lime had their uh, electric assist bikes in Portland as well, but they didn't get permitted. And so they were just here during the uh, Oregon Electric Vehicle Conference for like a week. And I got a chance to ride some.
2: And they were pretty sweet, too. Uh, like, yeah. Like, I haven't been up to Seattle, but I know what I'm going to ride when I'm up there next uh. time. Oh, oh, Seattle. I, I spent three months in Seattle a couple of years ago. Uh, the best months in Seattle, January, February, and March. And it was their wettest February on record. And... The only way to get around Seattle, uh, you know, I I was renting a place up on Capitol Hill, which is I didn't realize Seattle was so hilly, really hilly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and where I worked was down on the Duwamish, past the stadiums. So getting to work was about a thirty-minute ride, Uh mostly downhill, but at least you could you could go through traffic. Bikes move very efficiently in that town, and nothing else does. Nothing else with wheels. Uh, can move through the traffic and the hills and all that and then coming back it was maybe 35 or 40 minutes because of the elevation gain mm. but uh, it it uh, the e-bikes there would be a great benefit I mean yeah. I could see where you could you could knock 10 minutes off a 40 minute commute in that town oh easy it, yeah
1: and Seattle's yeah. been doing a lot for their um like the city center as well uh, mm-hmm. I know they so Washington State is actually rated one of the highest for their bicycle trails and networks uh, nationwide, right. um, and then like the, the criticism has often been downtown Seattle, but that's actually getting pretty good too these days.
2: I, you know they they have enough infrastructure there uh, to get you close to where you need to be, and when you do need to pull off for a block or two, it never seemed that uh, that difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. It's it's just a fun challenge, and you can connect. Any part of town with all of they've got some fabulous trails and separated bikeways. Whether you're a tourist or you just want to get somewhere, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun. You know, we've we've had a lot of fun riding around, um, just just people watching. Well, I, I like to bike watch too. That's one yeah. of the oh, things yeah. I've yep. enjoyed. <laughs> um, but walking around Portland, and previously when I would come, I would either do the nike bikies mm-hmm. uh because it's easy they have a pay-as-you-go option and if you want one you just load it up and you ride and when you're done it ends the that that ride but the uh um when i was here for longer periods a week or so i, I rented a brompton and, and you could uh that's super handy you throw it under the desk at work and then you can ride around at your at your leisure and what a I know, I saw yours <laughs> sitting there hidden underneath two gigantic bags. Yeah. Um, that's just you know, I
0: gotta down. load it down with something. <laughs> yeah. Keeps it from floating away. I can't I can't have a bike that weighs less than thirty pounds. No, I
2: <laughs> sacrilege. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have well that's not true. I have my commuting bike uh that I would ship around when bike flights was a lot less expensive than it is now mm-hmm. was an old Klein mountain bike. Oh right. Uh, one of the yeah, old Gary we had talked Klein. about this yeah. earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it was my dream bike. And you know, if you rode a bike in the 1980s, you know, it was, I, it was that it, it was the bike you wanted to have. Yeah. I would argue I could if you never a bike afford it
1: in the late 2000 or like 2010s, it's still a pretty freaking fine well, bike to have.
2: It's a cool bike, yeah. but it was my dream. And I really wanted a, a Klein Pinnacle either in the, the flare orange, solid orange, or one of the fade paint jobs. Cause they, I don't know who painted those bikes, but they were all just beautiful. Mm-hmm. But that pink. To orange, yellow, red fade wow. was a, a paint job I'll never forget. And I, it was you know. And then they they sold out to Trek in the early '90s, I think. And they, and then eventually they were just absorbed into into Trek, along with Fisher. Um, mm. But I uh, I always wanted one of those those bikes, and I I ended up with a Specialized. And then I folded the frame and had to replace the frame on it years ago. And I was in a second-hand shop in Helena maybe four or five years ago, and I saw – they're a very recognizable frame. They have oh, yeah. kind of a square chainstay coming off the bottom bracket, and then it goes to round. And I saw this, and I knew what it was, and it was in the larger frame size, which is pretty unusual. Most of them were more of a medium or a small without with a very short head tube. And this one had the longer head tube. And I think it was like forty dollars. Somebody had put you know a different front wheel on it, and it was it had an old suspension fork with the elastomers that were shot, mm. and the cables were rusted off of it. But the frame was was straight and solid. So mm-hmm. like a
0: case where the seller didn't quite know what they had. It or?
2: probably sat on you know next to somebody's house because one side of it is a it's faded mm. like ah. from the sun, <laughs> The garage yeah, yeah. effect. Yeah, yeah, and, and so it, I I knew it wasn't rideable. But it it was a good frame. And so I found a donor bike, uh, you know, a similar vintage specialized stump jumper that had nicer stuff, some of the old XT stuff and a good wheel set. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the challenge became finding a, a threadless one-inch f- fork yep. for it. Yep. Because about the time that we went to threadless forks, uh, oh,
0: because all the ones now are one, one and eighth, eighth yeah. or bigger.
2: Yeah, and so it became a challenge, and it you know it just took a few weeks on the internet to find a find that, and then just put the shims in and run any stem I want to play with it. I had Jones bars on it for a while, and now it's got drop bars on it with the old Sun Tour cons, oh, ratcheting oh, yeah. ones. That's gotta look gorgeous. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's a good rain bike because it's it's aluminum. Uh, it was the bike I rode mostly around Seattle, and then it, uh, it it's it's rugged, and it is it is pretty light. A um, local bike shop in town had a—they uh, had built up this 26-inch mountain bike wheel with a dyno hub on it, a Shimano dynamo, dynamo hub, and it just sat there collecting dust for— because he probably built it at the time when uh, 26ers were on their way out. Mm-hmm. And, oh okay and it's not a common size and 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 it doesn't quite nobody commutes on the old that stuff anymore and so i found that front wheel fit pretty nicely on that and that's i didn't realize how much i'd enjoy it i thought it would be a novelty and of all the kind of crazy bike stuff i've bought over the years that i, I haven't made maybe the best use of that's been the most useful thing that i didn't mm-hmm. realize like uh yeah. how, how do you live without it Yeah, and I had no idea it would have that effect on just being able to ride because in, you know, it gets dark or it's rainy; it's just on all the time, and uh, it's got me thinking. Well, maybe I need a couple more of those. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Wait (laughs) and see. Wait and see. If if
0: money, if money wasn't a barrier, all my bikes would have dyno hubs. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my my, my,
2: (laughs) my winter bike in Helena. Uh, just with the winters is always i've got a, a moonlander a certain uh-huh. moonlander and i really wanted a, a hub for that mm-hmm. but i i started tracking my average speed in the winter cuz with the last 3 years the only bike that was, i could physically ride in the weather
3: would be the moonlander was the moonlander moon yeah, from
2: huh. mid november until well last year it was april and you're not going fast enough to avoid the flicker effect that oh. 26 by Five inch tire or whatever it is doesn't have a very high rotational speed and if you're riding around town um
0: and in the snow you're not i mean you're you're not
2: not trucking you're not in the big ring a lot yeah let me put it that way and and you're but it's fun and it's a great it's faster than walking was my winter (laughs) mantra (laughs) yeah and it's a lot of fun but i'm not sure if i could generate enough uh You know, with these dinos, you have have to be, and I I think the German ones are are much higher quality. Same
1: deal, though. Their minimum speed is about seven and a half, eight miles an hour.
2: Well, and and the overall diameter on that Moonlander is is equivalent to like a 29 by three. It's a big rolling wheel. So I decided maybe I'd just go with batteries and, you know, rechargeable headlights because you're not going very fast. You're not right. worried about seeing what's on the trail or the road a hundred mm-hmm. feet ahead. Uh, like like you would be in the summer if it was dark
1: there. Um, in the, in the realm of dynamo, if you ever do decide to go that direction, the, I think it's the shutter, uh, precision ones that yes. have a lower, uh,
0: threshold okay. th- by oh, really? about
1: two miles an hour on average.
0: That's what's on um, the Brompton. Oh yeah. is a shutter uh, precision. Nice. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah I was uh, Which, like, it wasn't kind of on the market when I got mine.
2: Um, but they they're they,
0: fairly I, new to the market yeah to the whole dynamo
2: yep. thing. yeah yeah um do they have the the uh, usb charging option where you can yes. charge a battery or something off mm-hmm. of it as well
0: yeah you have to wire it for that but um you, yeah yeah they they all have that capability to do that yeah mm-hmm.
1: the tech um, gets funner i mean like the huh. shimano is the classic like the working horse like dynamo right. hub shutter precision's the one that's like a nice balance between that and then and the, like so the uh, german good. stuff yeah, the uh, Schmidt hubs yep, or whatever. Yep. That's
0: that's the one that's on the trucker.
1: Yeah, is the same. Yeah, I I could see they're a fine hub. I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna lie. Yeah, but I was working at a bike shop at the time. Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. I had
0: connections and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I want to buy one thing once.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I've always uh, even from the time I was a kid the machinery of it is is what really got me into bicycles and I, mm, yeah. I i like working on them and tinkering with them and replacing parts or trying to figure out a better way to make it more efficient mm-hmm. I, i'm an engineer and, and so it's it's obviously not working as well as it could at any point and then you always start wondering what's going to go next.
0: And, <laughs> oh, and, man. I'm and, not an engineer and I do that stuff all the time with my bike. Yeah. Right. yeah. Like
2: the Klein is oh, a. How
0: can I tweak it to do
2: this? Right. Yeah. You know, how can I make this a little bit better? And now I'm thinking, well, these aren't bad, but I'd like to try those new mm. bars Salsa has and maybe there's a little more flair. Right. Or, you oh. know, so you start yep. thinking about okay. that. And, yep. but now the on the back of my mind, I, I don't want to ever tour with the Klein. No, because I I think it would be neat to try, and I've done some longer rides with it. Uh, but it has a pressed in bottom bracket, and it was this bike is from 1988, and I'm sure it's got the same bottom bracket, and it's the original steel pressed in bottom bracket with the cartridge bearings. And uh, I think, wow, it's aluminum, and you got steel, and those metals aren't supposed to go together very long, and Mm -hmm. it's fine, it's super smooth, it's it's it works. But it'll work great until it doesn't. Right. Mm. And I'm always worried that if I took it out in the hills or took it on a right. long trip, I'd be in. That's the
0: time when it, it doesn't.
2: Yeah, out. I'd be in Nanaimo, British Columbia or something with, <laughs> with no no way to fix this, this right. bottom bracket. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so.
0: is it is it one of those things where, like, you don't necessarily want to replace it for fear of, like that's no. that's the that's the thing that mm-hmm. that's the needle that breaks the camel's back in a way right the,
2: if yeah it works it, it works if it works i'm not going to mess with it yeah, yeah exactly yeah. i um I, I did one of the the casualties of this bike having kind of been stripped and reassembled by somebody who didn't know what they were doing was they had stripped out the hole that the derailleur goes into I don't, uh-huh. I don't know, like the derailleur hanger. Yeah, yeah. Was it? The, mm-hmm. the threads the, the were messed have been cross-threaded yeah. or something. Yeah. And so I, I didn't quite know what to do with that, so I just cross-threaded the derailleur back on, and it worked for a while. Well, it was already yeah. messed up, <laughs> yeah, my, and it lasted yeah. a year. And then the one of the shops in, in Tucson, I, I don't Which remember shop? the name. Cycling Nomad. It was one that was not far from the university. Okay. Kind of, uh, there's like this neighborhood. It's starting to gentrify, but they, I picked it because they had a lot of Surly and Salsa stuff and, Mm -hmm. you know, the old, the steel stuff that I like and and I'm attracted to the aesthetic of and so forth. But I I figured they might be able to help me because I had shipped the bike down. And one of the things you do when you box up a bike is I'd pull the derailleur and tape it to the chainstay. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, you just need to put one of these, uh, I forget what he called it. It was like a shape, like a top hat. I want to say Frame Saver, but I don't remember if that was the name of it.
1: Like the plug that you put in so that it goes okay. Right, you over drill the
2: threads yeah. out to oh, a certain okay. diameter, mm-hmm. and then and you, you put tap an insert that one in. in. Yeah, and he goes, you don't have to do any. You just kind of stick it in and hold it in while you thread the huh. derailleur on, and that that worked. Mm-hmm. Wow, so that's a pretty cool. Song. Totally, but so I, I'm worried. Steel tricks. <laughs> that was yeah, and it was I was okay. That worked for that. But I'm afraid to touch the bottom bracket. Yeah, right. That makes sense. sense. Bottom brackets are finicky.
0: So, I'm not sure where to go right now. I'm I'm at a crossroads with this conversation because I kind of want to talk fat bikes, (laughs) but I kind of also want to talk about like building up bikes, like from like frame to to whatever. So, where do you want to go?
2: I'd go either way. All I've right. got I've got so, maybe too many bikes. <laughs> that's not possible.
0: <laughs> I've 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 come to accept that uh, it's just not possible to have too many bikes.
1: I yeah, I just exist to like represent the the single end of the spectrum. Your is yes. Mono bike. Like, is I'm mono yeah. bike. Yeah. 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 I, but I am not. I don't I judge. That. You know. I'm just yeah. like I said. I'm just no, here to represent great. one end of the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> I I got my Swiss Army knife. Sure. Well, thank you very much.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. And then, but then there's just, like so many other kinds of Swiss Army knives. But too. that
1: so like it's funny. You were talking about the engineering, and I feel like I'm like so into that. But then I am. I don't know if I took like the online personality quiz. Like I would be the researcher, and so like mm-hmm. I read the sh- out of like what I like. Eventually, go to then spend money on. Mm-hmm. I was talking with somebody the other day about going into a store and it's like but at the point that i'm stepping in the door i already know what i'm getting yeah and you and know like what that, you're gonna pay for it too. exactly like, and that what like you're gonna use it for and, it like weird some people out sometimes like they yeah. were just trying to help me and i'm like no like i just want to give you like i just <laughs> ready, like i came in here to get this to then leave like we don't like i'm happy to chat but like you're not going to help me any more than i've already helped myself right uh right. so like i'll research the crap out of stuff and then like know that because of that when I do make the move, that it's the move that I want to make. And mm-hmm. I've just done that in that way my whole life. So like my margin has g- gotten so good about how often I can I can nail that for what it is. Uh, so I, I don't tinker as much, but I tinker before I get to the tinkering
2: standpoint. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I know what you mean. It's yeah. sort of the same. It's the same thing. You're just doing it more efficiently and oh, prob- probably well, more cheaply. Oh, um, <laughs> like I'm just
1: doing it from the one bike standpoint. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, yeah. I'd love to have 50 bikes but like I I have one and yeah. so I I put that all that passion and that energy into but, into what I've got.
0: You're you're a uh, man that knows how to live within their means. Mm, uh, I mean bike wise.
1: No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bike wise maybe. Bike wise. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I said like it, it's I the way I keep myself honest is the next bike I get I it's not that I don't intend to get another bike. It's going to be some freaking like
2: it's got to be pretty bike, amazing
1: though. bike that I have till I die, custom uh, made, built in Oregon. Okay. You know, yeah. it's
2: going to be a bike, some kind of unicorn,
1: some kind of chasing. unicorn, exactly. Right. And so, because I don't just, I can't just like go out and buy a unicorn. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I keep. Yeah. I just ride my no, they're leaf. extinct. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: So, well, I, uh, I understand that. And if if uh, if it weren't for winter, I mean, uh-huh. it really, in in winter, that's it, a good point. In, in the in snow, in Montana, yeah. But, you, anywhere you have snow, you don't mm-hmm. really have the option of riding. Uh, that I mean, you could put studded tires on, but you mm-hmm. still have the depth of snow and and the unforeseen obstacles under the snow. And a, a fat yeah, yeah. bike is really well suited for that unpredictable terrain. And that that became my when I did go on trails or or mountain bike rides. That that's the bike I would take, which uh, it stands out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, when you have a, a crowd of people that might have, you know carbon hardtails or full suspension, whatever. Um, and you know, they're, it's, it's a versatile bike. It's a really great platform. And honestly, and they're fun too. Oh, it's so much fun. It's a fun machine.
0: I almost, I almost rode the Pugsley just so that I could have a fat bike
2: here to show you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) yeah. It's, and I like the Pugsley a lot, but I'm a little too, too big weight wise to know that a, a, 3.8-inch tire in the snow. I, I need the bigger tire. You need
0: a, a wider footprint. Right. For, yeah. Okay. And I
2: think it was the end of 2015 when Surly was phasing out the Moonlander and phasing mm. out the original Pugsley, and so they were they were blowing them all they, out the door. They sort yeah.
0: of went all in on the ice cream truck now.
2: They did. And had uh, by the time I, I decided to get a fat bike, it, w- it was at that point where I needed to do something in the wintertime, because I used to snowshoe more and get out and uh-huh. do more activities to stay active and I wasn't doing that as much so I thought well if I get a bike I bet I could ride every day mm-hmm. this was December of 2015 and so I you know that was kind of my sales pitch you know to I I need a fat bike and I uh-huh. think the moonlanders they were like 60% off of whatever they had right, been selling right. it was a great sale mm-hmm. and they were we also got, doing we got we got our Pugsley pick. frame
0: yeah. around that same time Right. yeah
2: yeah, and, and the ice cream truck—they had uh, the ice cream truck ops only in black. And I have—I don't like black bikes. Sorry, <laughs> but okay. uh, th- they had that, yeah. but they were sold out. By the time I got there, the only ones they had were like the extra smalls, or they didn't have the size that I needed. Mm. But they did have the Moonlander and a, and a Pugsley in the large. So I rode them both, and I, I really—there's something about the way the Moonlander is put together. I mean, it's it's a strange looking bike, especially from the back end. Oh yeah, because of that that weird offset. Oh, because it
0: does the offset for the, uh, for the for the for the rear for end the and the chain line. The, yeah, yeah, the
2: chain line is really good, and it's got a two by on it, which is unusual for a fat bike these days. It's hard to find. It's usually, one, one
0: bys now. Yeah,
2: yeah. and I, I like a tighter cassette. I like the small jumps in the gears a little uh-huh. bit better, but it just rode really, really well. Um but when you look at it, I don't know if you've ever looked at one of those clown shoe rim, rims that's built up. This is way down in the weeds. You're talking <laughs> just a wide. It's a hundred millimeter yeah, wide yeah. rim, uh-huh. and it's got the holes on the left side and the right side. And for the rear hub, they only lace the spokes yes. into the one side. Mm-hmm. And so this is the, the thing
0: that that kept me from building a, a wheel for right. for the or the wheel set for the Pugsley. It just feels weird. Was it, was, was that, like I, I that don't offset. I don't know how to do the offset on right.
2: That. Well, it's—I don't remember if it's 17 or 18 millimeters on a Pugsley. It's—it's it's noticeable. It's not but, quite an inch, but
0: they still do the the um, the spokes all on one side. It's all so, on one side, yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: But on that big rim, I, I thought this is, is going to break. Mm-hmm. There's right. no way this is going to last. And they're like, you "Well, I'm physics you? would
0: tell you because you got all the support on one side and no support on that other."
1: Like, it's a pretty know. robust the, rim. It's the yeah. tire, though, that I think does you the favor on that. Like you're, you're, if you're running it Mm -hmm. at, you know, 25 or 30 PSI. No, no, no. Or? I
2: think the posted maximum just for seating it is fifteen. Is it really? And so, <laughs> when the snow is flying, I think I run. I used to run my front at about three. Oh my <laughs> god! I had, I had to, I how had do you, had how do you look, have a tire gauge? I had to buy a digital gauge, and it said that if you, uh, if you, you know, like if if you do it and it's if the four is solid, it's four, and if it's flashing, it's four and a half. Wow! <laughs> and so, so it's you know, I run the front at about three. Three and a half, and if it yeah. gets really cold, I have to put a little more air in because it, oh, it the compresses. pressure drops yeah. when it's zero yeah. or ten below or whatever. And then the back, I would run up closer to seven or eight. Um, huh. you know, and in the summer, I'd run them a little bit firmer, maybe six in the front and ten in the back. It just rolls so much easier. But if it didn't have that weird offset back end, I, I wouldn't have ended up with an ECR probably. Oh yeah, because um, you can on the ice cream truck, people build a 29 or wheel set and they'll run a 29 by three or a 29 by two and a half, same frame, same everything. And that's probably would have been a more efficient way to go.
0: But you wouldn't, you would, yeah, you wouldn't have that wide footprint. Then. No,
2: for the, no, yeah. you just, I'd have a, a summer wheel set oh, for, oh, for I can doing do that. the yeah. gravel touring mm-hmm. or, or pave touring. Swap it out. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So,
0: you tour on the on the moonlander no. then? No, you haven't. No. Okay. No, okay. but the ECR um, I
2: have. Okay. And- I'm
0: interested in um sort of luggage gear yeah. on fat bikes because yeah. I haven't really found a very satisfactory solution for how to carry luggage. Yeah. And- Backpacks. Backpacks. I, yeah, I'm, I hate backpacks. I, that was a joke, I, by I the way. All, I know because you know yes. how much I hate backpacks. I'm I, sure yeah. I've gone on this rant before. No, I,
1: I was just thinking of every like advertisement for like riding those bikes long distance. It's like, oh, yep, you're wearing a backpack. <laughs>
4: yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I, 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 uh, the first maybe longer tour I did was on the Katy Trail with a friend of mine who I'm, lives in Kansas City and we left downtown kansas city and and rode finally the trail to get to pleasant hill where the or windsor wasn't quite uh finished in all the places we thought it might be that fall uh, but anyway i was on a i have a fargo and so i had, i i i was there was too much stuff i had you know front panniers rear panniers just in case i had thrown a frame bag in that came with the bike it was a second hand bike so, I had the frame bag and a big handlebar bag. And I, anyway, I had like all the bike packing stuff. Yeah. And then I also had the panniers, which is, it was too much. Um, for just getting things around town, um, I've got Surly's, the, uh, the, the dangerous rack, the 24 pack on the, oh, okay. The Moonlander, mm. um, cause it's got those mounts for it. And so I use that on the front to carry groceries so, or whatever. So
0: you don't find it in balance at all when you have. that that rack up front no
2: no the the only thing i've found uh sometimes i'll have certainly made a bag that just kind of velcros onto that rack Uh, and it it, it'll carry several bags of groceries but if you put too much in it it sticks up and it obscures the lights that are mounted on the handlebars Um, but but i trade off yeah you, you, you you just can't see (laughs) <laughs> that's the Just trade-off. Gotta that's do the trade-off. All your groceries <laughs> but, uh, that day. Yeah. You know? but I used to run a uh, a rear rack because the front fork is a got the same spacing as a rear 135, so you could put any front rack on it as long as the the rack wasn't designed for a narrow tire. And so, uh, I used to run one of those on the front, and you could also put one on the back. They have a mount that's part way up the chainstay, so that you can put a standard width rack. Oh. and still center it over the tire. Really?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, see the Pugsleys don't I don't think they have that same
2: But you can run a spacer, I think, because it's okay. a narrow enough offset. Yeah. The Moonlander is is it's crazy when you look at how the yeah. back it's it's a little more extreme. You see
0: the, the curve come out. I'm glad well, it's behind
2: yeah. me because if I think if the offset was in the front, uh-huh. I, I don't know if I could look at the front wheel as yeah. I was riding it. It would bother my aesthetic. Yep. So your
0: fork's not offset. Cause
2: Mine is it's not. Some, some of them the, used to
0: be. Yes. Some of the Moonlanders and some of the Pugsleys. Right. Maybe even the ice cream trucks had offset forks. And ours Maybe. is one of the few that didn't have an right. offset fork either.
2: No, mine's the straight 135 yeah. spacing in the front. Okay. Um, and I, I, I like the symmetry of, of that. Yep. It, and I'm sure they both ride exactly the same. The tires in the same place, but the visual, mm-hmm. yeah. it would just kind of bug me. I think <laughs> I, I'm that the I same way. It, like
1: yeah. I, I just put uh, my front fender on finally after my wreck in July, mm-hmm. and it's off a little bit, and it's like been off for like since I put it on, and it's. It's bugging me. Like <laughs> I get like that. The no, like the nose of
2: it points to a little bit to the left it's or maybe right a or, millimeter or yeah. two.
1: And I'm like, nope. Yep. I need to fix that. <laughs> well, and I've, i
0: installing it, fenders, man. Yeah, that, that's yeah, one of those things yeah. where, like, you you just you kind of you have at some point you just sort of have to abandon the project because you'll go crazy trying to like get those millimeters that, to to line
1: up. It's like one of my metrics for like the difference between bike shops that get work done and bike shops that care. Oh, if you okay. get your fender back and it's dead on, yeah. you know they care. Uh right on. Um, yeah. Or maybe that you know yeah. they're not being stressed and overworked or something like that. But just like I I appreciate the symmetry. So yeah, I'm with somebody you. Somebody paid that. attention, you know. Mm-hmm.
2: I I, I Some totally craftsmanship understand
1: craftsmanship.
2: Yeah, I and and this this probably bugs you too. Have you ever put a tire on and you know the wheel is true. It, mm-hmm. it is spot on and you put the tire on the tread. And and it well the tread or it just the tire's got a wobble in it uh-huh. as it spins. <laughs> yep. I don't care if it's the one behind me. I know it's not going anywhere. But if it's the front one and I'm staring at it, yep. and I'm always checking the rim. No, the yep. rim is good. Spokes yep. are fine. It's just the just the tire, and it's happened with cheap tires and expensive tires, yeah. and it just bothers
0: and me. And it's it's not necessarily like it's just sitting odd. Or anything. No, it's just
2: it could be the way it came out of the mold. It could yep. be it, the bead isn't seated quite right, or mm-hmm. it it, I, it could be installation, or the tire itself just is a little bit off. It doesn't hurt anything. It's not going anywhere. But I, <laughs> it, it, it's an unra- yeah. it's an irrational. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, it, yeah. It, yeah.
1: Where there would yeah. be times like at the bike shop, we'd would get that, and if like I we've, I've got my margins, and like if it falls outside of my like that's a reasonable margin, mm-hmm. I'm just like. I try another tire on it, you know, Mm -hmm. so that when they walk in the shop, I can say, just so you know, like, this is going on, we can put this on it. We tried three of the same type, and they all do this on this rim, you know, because sometimes it's that rim to tire combo, right, is what really gets you. Um, But I always like to like provide an option because Mm -hmm. I'm that person that just gets driven nuts by it. Like I'd hate for somebody to go home and just like have a perfectly functional front bike, but Mm -hmm. in your mind, it's just like, you can't. You can't like unsee the wobble. No. I'm totally yeah. in your camp. No. Yeah. I and I
2: I don't know what you do about it sometimes.
1: And you, tires, I, you literally have to f- try like a different manufacturer or a tire sometimes.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, and that that's a great solution except I have I, I like I've learned I I got spoiled by once you start riding nicer and nicer tires, pretty soon you you have a hard time it,
4: mm. it, mm-hmm. Tires, once you've got your tires brand can be or your, kind of, your
0: model
2: yeah they yep. can be kind of pricey oh yep. yeah and uh depending on what you're what you're looking at on, on that on that commuting bike i tried a pair of those uh uh renee now what are they compass tires uh-huh. when i was in seattle because it had some really cheap like like ten dollar slicks on it that were just really unforgiving and that that aluminum frame is very very stiff. Right. So I wanted a tire that had a little more air suspension to it and I, I didn't want the weight of a big apple or a yep. you know one of the Schwalbe's which would which would be more durable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I <laughs> but I don't mind
0: all all our, ex- all our Schwalbe riders are <laughs> hey, coming right, in. I, coming at us. I I love yeah.
2: Schwalbe. Yeah. I think they're great tires and yeah. and when I don't want to get flats that's that's the that's one. That's what I'm yep. looking at. That mm-hmm. or if it's mm-hmm. a skinny skinny tire it'd be like a gator skin. But I don't like the way they ride as yeah. much, mm. and so it's no compass. It, no, and so I put the biggest twenty sixers that he had on that on that Klein, and I I don't know what I had in them, thirty or forty psi, but I set them, and I and it was like it changed the entire bike. They had phenomenal grip. They were super fast, super quiet. I didn't mm-hmm. realize how noisy bike tires can be just riding on the pavement, even in the rain. But these tires were everything he brags them up to be y uh, Jan hein you know oh yeah. they're fast, they're supple they're great riding mm-hmm. uh you know they're light, and they were super light, but i was getting i get a flat about every two or three weeks, you know especially if it's raining i guess the rain things stick to the rubber better, or you just oh you know, yeah okay. rocks or oh,
1: yeah that's and, the deal like you you've got to have you got to build your flat time in. You know yeah, if you're a commuter yeah. bike shop and you're recommending a tire, yeah, you recommend Schwalbe. if you're a yeah. commuter bike shop and you want somebody who has good ride characteristic, yeah. you recommend well, you know yeah, if you have that count, you recommend the compass
2: yeah, after about the third uh, after the third flat, I decided I was just gonna buy a bottle of slime and, and I, I filled my tubes with the green slime, and you know they okay, I have to put a little more air in, but that'll plug the hole enough yeah. to get me get me going, and that took care of that problem nice, um, but after a while. Uh, especially the back one. I think I had booted it three times with gorilla tape, just be, mm-hmm. trying because the tread didn't wear out and a couple thousand miles on it. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it just was—it was time to change, yeah. retire those. There's no uh, pun intended. like the I think that the
1: was it Pan Racers has like the closest like if you're not in the Compass Camp, Pan mm-hmm.
2: Racers that nice in between. If uh, you're going Gum Wall, that, that might the be bestseller? the com- it Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think are, I I think that company makes the tires they do. for Compass. Yeah, Compass or just has uh Renee different Harris. specs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah, Compass, we're talking we're talking like cream de it's, la creme of the tire crime <laughs> mean, right now. But sorry but like, to geek out on you. Oh, <laughs> it's, I, it's yeah. great. No apologies needed. Uh Good. the first time I rode Compass tires, like my jaw dropped. <laughs> And I did I, not expect that at all, because I'm a Schwabie person through and through.
2: It, yeah, I had I had been told, uh, and I, I'm trying to remember the name of the the shop in Seattle. I, it might have been Montlake, um, kind of over by the university. And I said, I just I, I want to try a set of these, and they had them in stock. And so I picked them up and I put them on, and I I, I remember being completely surprised at all the ride quality and everything. I I, have, I was ready to be underwhelmed. And people that have ridden them tubeless say it's even a it's mm-hmm. that much better as it, well. Really? Yep. It totally yeah. is. So wow. but, sorry. An, o- no. an old coworker,
1: uh like the coworker who uh when like back in the early days of the bike shop, it was uh the owner, this coworker and myself. And we both bought fifty six inch surleys. We both like built them up the way we did. And he went 26, he went 27, uh, uh, 27.5 mm-hmm. and compass tires, mm-hmm. eventually tubeless. Mm-hmm. And I just kept, I'm just 12B train all the way. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like we go out and ride in forest park and he's like, Hey, you, uh, you want to <laughs> ride my surly <laughs> and like the literal AB comparison of like same bike, it's basically s- same stunning. build, different yeah. tires. I was just like, Holy shit. Yeah. Like this is <laughs> really, you know, if I, if yeah. I, if I, if I didn't care so much about, Getting flats. Mm-hmm. If, if I know where I'd be. You, I add, you yeah.
2: ride a 26er I with, do.
0: with tubes? With tubes, yeah. So,
2: and 650B, I, I have
0: uh, currently Surly Extraterrestrials on oh, them. Oh, I was going to ask and you And I about really those. like
2: those. But they're heavy.
0: They are. They are. So, but going from the the marathons or the marathon pluses yeah. to the extraterrestrials, yeah. and maybe it's a little bit of like apples to oranges because the marathons I had were like one and a half inch, and then the extraterrestrials are like almost two inches wow um so so I don't know if it's a fair comparison, but certainly um you feel the the suppleness of the extraterrestrials and i felt oh, wow. I felt a lot more grip mainly because it's again like this isn't necessarily a fair comparison but uh, rolling around in the mud and in the gravel on the extraterrestrials versus a marathon, right. but th- of course that 's a different tread altogether right. so. mm-hmm. but yeah I feel like but yeah I love i'm sold on the extraterrestrials if they had better um flat protection okay um I would recommend them to like anybody commuting
2: but i 've got a big set on the that 's become my street tire on on the um the the e c r yeah, they're I the can 29 totally see that. By uh-huh. But they they measure out bigger than two and a oh, half. Oh yeah, they're on. Yeah. I, I don't know what rims. Uh, they're probably a forty millimeter wide rim on that bike, and they're they're, they're well over two point six. They might be almost a two point six five full width. Um, but I I don't I don't know how they would compare. Nobody else really makes a tire like that right. in yeah. that size. But for the twenty six, I, I was curious about that you know it uh, cuz i know the the schwalbe marathons that i had i've got a soma touring bike with cantilevers as well um and it's a great bike it's kind of my that's my road bike uh-huh. uh that i would ride on longer just rides it's super comfortable i can be on it all day and it's great but it i originally had it with the typical um uh schwalbe marathons uh, that have you know, the tread in the middle and the green layer yeah. in them for flat protection. And I just thought, oh, it, it rides kinda like a brick. But once I put nicer tires on that, um, it it rolls. Yeah. I and mean, it's amazing. And, and that's the thing about uh Schwabies, I feel like, is
1: um like for those that like had the gym or P E class where you play with the medicine ball, like Schwabies are Schwabies are the medicine ball. They're the like we're heavy, we're durable, we're present And then you take away that weight, and you get a smaller, like more like supple tire, and you're just like, oh, this is (laughs) this is (laughs) what it feels like to ride a bike again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and
0: and I if I had strictly stayed doing road commuting, I think I would have stayed with the marathons because I hate changing tires, and I will I'll sacrifice personal comfort for. You know the the convenience I guess or or just mm-hmm. just the the not having to worry about flatting out um but since I've changed my commute to include some more off roady kind of stuff, yeah, I went with this extraterrestrial a w- a wider tire um I will say the flats I've had on the extraterrestrial haven't been anywhere near as catastrophic as the few flats, fewer flats on the, on the, uh, marathons. But the flats I do have on the marathons mm-hmm. are like catastrophic. Wow. Yeah. Like, like nail goes through and like, there's nothing I can do about wow. it. Yeah, you know? Like, oh, it's there's like, a nail in my tire. Right. Right. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> or like it's, it's a, uh, a wedge of glass in there, you know, that, that like is now a slash this inch thick a um, hole in the tire that did, uh, that won't heal. Oh,
1: did I ever tell you about the flat I got in Arizona? Oh. So I was riding marathons and I got a flat and it was a little bit of tire wire uh like that that mm-hmm. just kind of peels off yeah. the beat of a 18 wheeler. I found a nail in my tire fixing that flat. And
3: I don't know how it got in there.
1: <laughs> like a piece of a nail that No, fell. like a nail in my tire. Oh god. was like in like I got the wow. thing open I'm I'm like oh there's the nail. Yeah. I fixed the tire. Nope, still a flat. And <laughs> it was just kinda of like riding yeah. around in the inside. It like the shwa- the marathon had had a nail in it for I have no clue how many miles because wow. it, it, it just like it kind of just became one with the tire, if you will. Wow. I don't I like it it defies physics and logic, but yeah. I I've got I still have the photo somewhere. Wow. But like it was the tire wire that caused me to look at the flat, but the, the nail it's was so just like damn, that's impressive. Wow. Well, <laughs>
0: but that's the thing. It's it's like both a testament to what it takes to flat out a, a marathon, mm-hmm. but also like just what a pain in the ass it is when they do get a flat. Yeah, <laughs> because
1: I, I feel like uh, I mean, if you're using Pedro lovers and you take that tire off and on like mm-hmm. three times, then you're in the gold zone. Yeah, it's got it re- that first time yeah. or two. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I use
0: a bead jack. Actually,
1: I use a. Wow. Uh,
2: the, have you
0: have you ever seen them?
2: I I have oh, I, just, okay. I didn't know anybody still. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not no nerds like you don't me like changing tires. It's not a bad <laughs> I idea really, for marathons. Yeah.
0: No. Um, switching gears slightly to building yeah. up, yes, uh, bicycles. <gasps> yeah. What is the hardest part to find?
2: You mean the hardest part that I would want in mm- terms of locating it, or
0: in terms of? Let me. Try to like narrow, or I don't want to make it too narrow. No, tell us yeah. s- ex- specifically. <laughs> let's, exactly. Let's talk JIS. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I'm down to talk JIS. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many different uh standards. Like, what has been like the? You're building up a bike, and you're like, you're like, okay, it's it's ready, but there's this one part that I need to make this a functional
2: bike. The right chain, Has there, the right chain line, the, chain the right line. crank and chain line,
1: mm. I, bottom I, bracket I, to cassette.
2: Yeah, and then the offsets and and uh, on my touring bike, I originally had it with a whatever the compact was at the time, a fifty thirty four double with the sixty eight bottom bracket. It was just standard, and it was a decent enough chain line, but it was too steep. The the gearing, even with the thirty two or thirty four in the back, I You've been up some of the mountain passes around Montana, and I'm not a great climber. You just give me a low enough gear, and I'll I'll spin all day. Yeah. But I I can't push a 26-inch gear or, you know, 24. I need something in that 20-inch range. Yeah. And I couldn't get it with that 50-34. So I ended up with a mountain double, like a 42-28. Mm-hmm. Which worked, but then it, it, the offset is different. The bottom bracket is different, and you have to use the spacers and try to move it over. And the one that I, I'm i using is really practical, and it, it's been wearing like iron. It's got thousands of miles on it, and the teeth aren't showing any signs of wear, but it's ugly. It's like this gunmetal gray, yeah. And and my touring bike is it's green and it's got leather. It's got the Brooks saddle and it's got shiny brakes. Oh man! So the aesthetic it just doesn't fit, right? But it works really, really well. So I was happy to see this uh, the advent of, uh, you know, the new the new crank set you can get are like a forty six thirty or in some cases a forty four twenty eight.
0: Vo has. It's like a they do, forty-eight, but it's a square 40?
2: taper, and I. J- oh my gosh! Yeah, so, oh my gosh! Are we going to talk square so taper? I, I like square. Can I we like hate, hate on square taper? What? What's the hate well, about yeah. square taper? I like square taper, but I like what's wrong I, with the one standard? I the, but I want the chain line to be perfect, <laughs> uh-huh. and I know that that you know you got to figure out what spindle length, and if you call them and, and say, "Well, this is my bike, and this is, this is what I'm running," and the answer is like, "Well." 118 should be fine. Well, <laughs> that's not the answer I need. Yeah. You know, is, I, I want to a... put it together once. I don't want to put it together and find out I should have gotten a 115 or a yep. 122. Or uh-huh. I, I want it to be correct the first time. Right. right. And so, I, but I, you know, I might giving me flashbacks. My founding mountain bike days, you know, again, in the eighties, everything was square taper. And yeah. That would, yeah, that's what the tools are in my toolbox. And, I was a little leery of the BB30 or whatever the this crazy one piece thing with a giant axle through it.
0: That's the BB30, yeah.
2: Right, and so I, um, just being a larger guy who likes to stand up and and pound away on the pedals sometimes, especially on a hill, or if you're in town and you wanna you don't want to shift down or you forgot to shift down, and you got to stand up and, and power away from something. I can I can notice the flex with the square, square taper stuff, uh-huh. and on the BB30 or the bigger newer stuff, it it just doesn't move. Lateral and stiffness and vertical something something. Vertical compliance. Yeah. yeah. So I like so if you if you want that modern and this is where I'm a little I like a lot of the VO stuff and that's uh-huh. what the hubs are on my bike and a few other parts. I like the aesthetic of it and I like the fact that it seems like quality stuff and it's it's not five hundred dollars for a crank set,
0: yeah, it's fairly reasonable
2: it yeah. is, and so if you're if you're looking for a square taper set that's pretty and would have the right gearing, that's where I would go, but it's square taper it is and i I feel like they've they've gotten so close with the aesthetic they could modernize it maybe just a little for me yeah so you're a fan <laughs> you're a
1: fan of the stiffer I do like the stiffer that. okay, and or for bottom bracket so I'd,
2: I'd be willing to say, you know hey. This... And I
0: I am totally behind every everything you said. Yeah, uh-huh. I I would be right there with you, like hating on Square Taper. I, I don't hate I on loved... it. Well, you're right. You're right. You don't hate but... on it. I love to shit on it because because it's it's old. Yeah. But and it's not. So I like I like things that like fit together. Yeah. That I can like just. Simplify and, and put on on my own, and a square right. taper is one of those things that it's just odd enough for me, and oh. just um not quite as intuitive enough for me. And the adjustment as opposed to yeah yeah as opposed to um the not the press fit but the uh the outboard. Yeah, I know um, what you mean. External yeah, it's bottom, got the external. The, the, yeah, the, the external bottom and, brackets, yeah. mm-hmm. like yeah. that. That makes sense to me, and so I can just like put and, that together. Yep. Squeeze it, tighten it. Okay, looks good. Squish the, squish the yep. spindle on, yep. or the cranks okay. onto the spindle. Okay, great. Yeah, we're good. We're we're set.
2: It's wow. cheap. It's affordable. It works. It's stiff. It, yeah, huh. yeah. However, however, you can't get a pretty crank set like vo makes you can well yeah you
0: can if you go with white industries and spend like you know (laughs) a kidney
2: (laughs) Uh,
1: jokes on you i already sold the kidney for the dynamo (laughs) damn it
0: (laughs) that's where my kidney went (laughs) Uh, anyway yeah yeah and that's 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 why i ended up with the square taper and that was so it's such a uh it was so so much of a uh, a barrier for me. Right. And it's total vanity. It
2: I, I Oh yeah. It, I, so, it's total vanity. Okay. And you got the and, drillium, right? The black drillium with yeah, the drilled yeah. out. Yeah, and, and so yeah. I
0: I went to order the VO or the um the White Industries one and right. the the good person at Clever Cycles was yeah. like, Why do you want this? BT yeah. And I was like, well, because it looks awesome, yeah it's, <laughs> yeah, it's put together. It's it's comes in. It's one of the few that come in one sixty length cranks, mm-hmm. and it it's got the pre- yeah. or not the press fit the uh, external bottom bracket. Right. He's like, yeah, that's cool and all. It's three hundred dollars just for the cranks, right? Now the bottom bracket is going to be like another hundred fifty yeah. for. Three hundred dollars. Okay, yeah. now again, that's the cranks and the bottom bracket. Let's let's talk. Let's chain talk. Rings. Yes, let's talk yeah. the chain rings. Well, wait, the chain rings don't come. No, no, no. no, no, no. The chain rings
2: are separate. <laughs> no. That's that's oh, why one wow, of my bikes wow. has the SRAM X7 whole package. It was, <laughs> it was nowhere near that. Yeah, I mean that yeah. it works. It works great, yeah. but I just can't look at it while I ride. You're, uh, <laughs> sooner or later, yeah. it's going to fail. Y- you're you're probably. getting
1: into the territory of like buying a bike to strip the uh, drivetrain to put on another bike because right. like it's literally cheaper with the volumes to right. Like, right. just get a bike right. and take the parts well, off and it. And right. so
0: and right. so, we, you know, we're we're having this conversation. He's like, "Why don't I got, That's VO1. The I'm looking for. Yeah. I got this Vo one? I got this Vo one, one sixty length yeah. cranks." Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's a two by, right. like you want. It looks pretty cool, and it does. I was like, "Yeah, that looks really awesome." Yeah, but it's square taper, man. Why? Yeah. Why do you hate square taper? What's the deal? And I told him like exactly yeah. what I said that, yeah. and and then also, you know, bottom bracket is stiffer. The external, yeah. Yeah. Uh, external uh, uh, mm-hmm. bearings are stiffer, mm-hmm. and he's like, "You're not a big guy,"
2: right? Yeah, I, and those aren't you're long not, cranks. You're not, yeah. 160s, you're
0: not
1: putting a not bunch of tor- torque on this thing. Yeah, I I feel like I have to represent the other side of that, <laughs> not because I feel defensive, but because, uh-huh. like, think about the joys of a steel bike. And what's the most common thing that people will state is what they appreciate about something being steel? The flex. It flexes. <laughs> it's comfortable. So why yes. why why put a stiff bottom bracket on, on a, a flexy flexi frame? B- and, and like, I'll hold to it. Like, I, why do I
2: do anything, Guthrie? I'm I don't a know.
0: contradiction it's unto myself. It's all good. But, like,
2: yeah. here, so, yeah. like, well, if you, you look, d- you don't get any frame compliance or comfort out of a, a bottom bracket shell that flexes. Um, you know, the, the compliance I think would come from the tubes and the way it's all connected.
3: Mm. And
2: so, if you have a, a stiffer crank and, and bottom bracket, to me, that's sort of a separate element that's separated from what. What the ride quality is? Yeah, and, yeah, I can see that. And I... my my Fargo is one of those first generation Fargos where I think they underbuilt the tubing a little bit. I mean i I think I'm already at maybe its maximum weight limit for for what it's supposed to have. And and the bike is super super noodly. It's super comfortable on dirt and gravel roads. That's why it's it's an amazing bike. Uh, but the, the, it doesn't flex, and it's got a Shimano triple on it. And you can, I can stand on it and and hammer away all day long and I can never get the chain to rub in any, you know, that's the telltale sign for me is when you hear the chain starting to hit that front derailleur when, when you're standing up Mm -hmm. and I've never heard it on, on that bike and and I've never had to mess with the bottom bracket either.
1: Yeah. I think, um, from like a shop perspective, like, so if you look at your like no name brand square taper, you're talking 22 bucks. And that's, that's like, cost to per- person purchasing it. Um, if you get into the externals, you're talking close to 30 So there's, like, an $8 difference on average. I think one of the biggest downsides to square taper is that they cross-thread so easily. Right. And, and that's really where the um, externals, I think, have a huge... You know, in addition to their stiffness, they have a huge... Um, maintenance upside they have a right. huge like mechanic upside because you can't really like if you're just putting one end and you don't right. have the counterweight and there's all sorts of mechanisms as you put that square mm-hmm. taper through that you try to get it exactly center mm-hmm. and like that's the first mm-hmm. thing you you'll like teach people when you're teaching them to thread bottom brackets right. is like if it feels wrong it's wrong, wrong. yeah yeah, yeah. It should, <laughs> like don't force like, that it thing. should be just
2: buttery yeah and if yeah. it's not
1: you need to stop immediately yeah. Um so you know, and, and you get into that because like you were talking about originally one hundred eighteen, right? Well, mm-hmm. like one of the things that we learned early on is it's way easier to have one ten through one twenty mm-hmm. and get it where you think it's supposed to be based on the calculations, but let's say you have to cheat at two mil. You right. better have that part on hand. Yeah. And so if you're threading once, great. If you're threading mm-hmm. two, three, four times with a square taper, right. that's where you get into cross threading zone. Uh so like right. there's definite advantages. Mm-hmm. Like I appreciate the heck out of external but i still feel like when i'm cranking i like the flex that the square taper gives because i like the flex that it it makes it feel like the bike is more similar to itself than Mm -hmm. it is different there's not one part that's feeling different than the rest of the bike i feel like while there are different elements you're we're talking about like what does a wheel look like when it's aligned down the center for me i get that same experience out of a square taper versus having a stiff bottom bracket and a loose bike
2: I wonder if that plays into what they talk about when a, when a bike planes or when you, you need some of that motion so that, you know, you've got that sort of spring factor while you're riding. Uh, and, and I don't really need the groove. Fargo that I,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You can't I,
2: see what I'm like gesticulating
1: left and right as I move my Like hips. a cross country ski. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I, snowshoeing, you're, you're you like snowshoe. Yeah. Well, I,
2: I, uh, I don't really need the Fargo anymore because I I've got I bought it to tour on and then I found out it it was second hand and it was exactly my size and it was a great bike uh, but I I it's too noodly. You know, if I put rear panniers on it, I'm fine. If I put just front panniers on it, I'm fine. But if I put front and rear or if I put a frame bag and and panniers it's overloaded and it is almost dangerous. It oscillates. some wag, so oh, a lot of wag. And when you are yeah. speaking noodly, are you?
1: Is that to you the same as speed wobble?
2: No, I'm talking okay. riding it out of the parking lot. You can't take your hands off the the bars. It, it yeah. like starts. Gotcha. It's way yeah. too. The tubes so are way too under But that bike I is notice... so comfortable and mm. it's fast. It with street tires on that bike, it flies. And I'm sure it's because of the the flexibility in the frame. And my my road bike, which is a, a Soma Saga, is meant for loaded touring. So it's got, uh, you know, it's like a trucker. It, it's yeah. got heavier gauge tubing, and it's not meant to be noodly and flexible. Uh, and it it works. It's super comfortable, but it doesn't it doesn't accelerate like that other bike. And that and you know it's got lighter tires and a different wheel set and all that. But it's it's not as uh, not as fast. And, and so I struggle with. You know, I can't. You just
0: got to switch the two bikes out for each. Yeah. other. Yeah, just well,
2: got to the... bring Ghost Ride one, and then, <laughs> and then when yeah. you need, you know, <laughs> and then the Fargo. I, that was my first foray into disc brakes, and mm. I, I, I like disc brakes a lot. They're great, but they're still noisy. You know, the mm-hmm. first uh, time you hit them yep. on a rainy day, they're gonna they're gonna howl <gasps> a Spire, little TRP yeah. or a
1: lot. go home. D- yeah, <laughs> sorry, those,
2: those are on my wife's
1: bike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a BB7 hater, BB5
0: hater. It's it's (laughs) funny
2: though because I got BB7s on a lot of bikes. I got I got BB7s. I got
0: I went ahead and sprung for the BB7s, Mm. not because of the quality.
2: They're black, Uh, but because they're all black. black, Yes. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. And then I lost the cap to one of them and had to replace it with the red cap because they don't sell the black caps. It's yeah. I've. I've just seldom... I just call me. it like a battle scar, you know? Okay. There's a
1: story so, to it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I Absolutely. wish. I wish it was an interesting story. The, the story is, I, I saw it one day, I was like, oh, I lost the cap to that. I'm going <laughs> to have to order a new one.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, it happens. It's like my hoods these days, they're like Cane Creek knockoffs, uh-huh. and they don't make the hood anymore. So whenever I see one on eBay, I'm like, oh, sweet, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, thank those, goodness. I'll need them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you're just like, well... It's a knockoff of a knockoff of well, a hood that's been on my bike for almost 10 years, yeah. but it's my knockoff. Gosh darn it. Um, well, Todd, thank you so much for yeah. taking this thank opportunity to talk to us. Thank you for having to me. This to has us. been a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. I really appreciate you guys opening up your your trailer. Indeed. And, it's always uh, open for It's you. been delightful. Thanks you know, for I'm coming I'm glad on. to help uh, watch yeah. the new board in action. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got to witness. Mm-hmm. I, I know. It's, it just... It just looks cool actually. Like
2: It, it really does. Um <laughs> Tim's like I don't know what <laughs> any of those knobs us. or switches do.
1: Tim's like yelling at us right now. Don't talk about the
0: sauce. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh yeah. Does he have one 20. like this? I have no idea. No. I just I knew don't I don't know. Just, he just <laughs> hates it when we talk about production. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe
1: this. Podcast and Sprocketeer listeners. If you want us to talk more about what we do behind the scenes, write us or tweet us or email us. And I'd love to. But yeah. if, if not, ask a question remain...
0: about, about production. Exactly. And we will answer
1: it. If not, remain silent and we'll take it as a
0: cue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll probably share anyways. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I've, I've had my eye on this. Like, I don't know. I'm such a tech weirdo. I've had my eye on this literally since the day it came out. And uh, just so pleased that we can finally move it into the shop
0: I I just can't wait to make fat beats on it
1: fat beats yeah did I did you know you can press all the pads at the same time oh no it's pretty horrific (laughs) but it's really fun
0: (laughs) so speaking of pressing pads yeah which one of these is the calendar I'm gonna guess
1: you got it up one up one yeah
0: All right. November 13th is the bike parking code update weigh-in at City Council. Oh, yeah. This came to us from our good friend, Chris Smith.
1: Yes, it is. (laughs) It sounds like, what the fuck? (laughs) Uh, That's right. Well, and we'll be covering it in our news and
2: headlines. This is a very,
0: very local (laughs) event. Are they taxing
2: bikes based on how much they weigh? Um, Oh, gosh. No,
0: they're going to change... Or update the the code standards for bike parking throughout the city, Mm -hmm. and we kind of got into the weeds. Kind of well, I don't I don't know if into the weeds is the right term. We talked about this (laughs) uh, last time Mm -hmm. Chris Smith was on, Mm -hmm. so uh, yeah. Yeah. For those of you scratching your heads at home, um, go back to that episode. Just punch in Chris Smith in the search engine on our website and find the latest one
1: fret not i also put it in our news and headlines oh thank you we'll revisit with (laughs) just you know just a smidgen more of context but it was a calendar item the second thursday of every month the joyful riders club in minneapolis
0: the first friday of every month the san francisco bike party
1: the second friday of every month the boston bike party
0: also the second friday of every month the indianapolis bike party
1: also also the second friday of every month the east bay bike party and the
0: last friday of every month the baltimore bike party
1: The first Saturday of every month, the Civil Unrest Ride.
0: Every second Sunday of every month, right here in Portland, the Corvidi Bike Club Ride.
1: And upcoming filmed by bike tour dates, Akron, Ohio. Keep it real! November 3rd, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, November 20th, Ashland, Oregon, December 4th, Bendigo, Australia. I was wearing a t-shirt earlier today. December 4th, also same as Ashland. Seattle, Washington, February 28th, Pitch. Pennsylvania, March twenty
0: second. Whoa, Pittsburgh has two already on the calendar. Yeah, they are that cool. They're they're yeah. getting up there. They're, they're. They weren't that cool when I was living there, but they're getting cooler. <laughs> Is Pittsburgh the new Akron? Pit- Come on, <laughs> I I don't mean to hate on them. Like it, it was <laughs> it was a bad time for Pittsburgh. the okay. late nineties. It's getting better. It's it's it's, it's pretty cool around, now. Yeah. No, it's it, no. The last yeah. time I visited was gosh, I want to say two thousand six maybe 2010 okay um and it it, it was a it, totally different city than it, the city i left we, and we, and i mean that yeah. in the best way possible
2: we we were there um we i'm trying to think of the year we did our our ride from it was 2017 my wife and i rode the the cno and the gap you know, oh, started yeah. in dc yeah um my son went to cuba and so we had three weeks on our hands with no you know he you know, he wasn't around so yeah. we just thought let's take a trip and i had you know i learned about that ride listening to pedal shift and tim uh, mooney and we looked at it it's separated from cars and it, it just seemed to make sense so we went to dc and we we rode that and we spent a couple extra days in pittsburgh and it was it was really a, a neat place did you, you know, get a, uh-huh.
0: a permani brothers sandwich i don't know
2: <laughs> you would know. Well, I, <laughs> I would have know. to go back. It's, it's is it it's, like a pound of meat on a couple of small pieces of wonder bread, or with is it
0: with coleslaw and French fries? Oh, I, in, I would remember the, that. Yeah, I did not. Oh,
2: yeah. But it's it's coming around. The it's generic worth, term worth is a plowman's
0: try. lunch, but that was like their their uh, claim to fame. Permane Brothers is the is the delicatessen that like kind of made this famous over there. It's okay. pretty awesome. Yeah, <clears throat> I didn't mean that's, to interrupt. That's sorry. That's kind of no, no. It's all good. What was your favorite thing about Pittsburgh, though? I'm interested you know, we, as as somebody who lived there for a while.
2: Well, I let me preface that by saying, like, when we left D.C., it was on a whatever, I don't I remember, Tuesday morning or Friday morning, whatever day of the week it was. In June, they were having a heat dome, which I didn't know what that was like. This high 90-degree temperatures. Oh, because down in
0: the valley between the, the rivers. It, just, yeah? it was super just humid collect. and
2: super yeah. hot. And so we rode the C&O. Um, and it it just was, uh, there wasn't much air movement. And so yeah. it was super hot. Yeah. We were going to camp every night, but then we decided maybe we'd camp every other night and find air conditioned lodging on the opposite nights. And so we, we did that from DC toward Cumberland and stayed in Cumberland and then rode up. Uh, and, and the CNO is beautiful. It's great, but it's not a, uh, it, you have to be on the, you got to be paying attention. It's uh, There's it, ruts and logs, yeah. and it had rained a couple times, so it was it was wet and it was muddy. And, and when you get on the gap, it gets better every day because then it's smooth. You go uphill a little bit, and then it's all downhill, and it's smooth, crushed limestone. And when you get close to Pittsburgh, it's paved, and then you roll in, and it's it's this beautiful cosmopolitan kind of place. Mm-hmm. So you get the you go down to where the fountains are and the rivers come together, yeah. and uh, I I mean we liked the we rolled in, we didn't know where to go. Cause the, the trail just disappears when you hit the main part of town, you cross <laughs> yeah. some bridge and it's, gone. and it's gone and you don't, you don't know where you're at. And some people on a club ride, like the road bikers with the Lycra and everything, they came by and they asked where we were going. And we said, we wanted to go to the <laughs> end of the trail. They're like, follow us. And so we were able to follow them and it was a lot of fun. They took us right to where we needed to be. Oh, cool! Uh, and they oh, nice. were super friendly and we just, we liked uh, exploring the neighborhoods, uh, it was just we hadn't spent any time there. I'd been there as a as a young child, and my wife had never been there, and so we just had a, a really good time exploring without any real purpose. Yeah, and it was neat. Saw uh, Squirrel Hill. Is that Squirrel Hill? Squirrel yeah. Hill. Yeah, we went to that yeah. neighborhood. Kind of saw the colleges yeah. and yep. the uh, the the giant college building. Uh, I don't know what um, it's called at at Penn. Oh. The Cathedral, Cathedral of learning, of learning. yes, yeah. yes. It's like a thirty-story yes. skyscraper,
0: like it's church, something. I don't know. Yeah, but it's
2: it's made to look medieval yep. inside. It's odd. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but it's it was yeah. neat, and, and they we, they we got really a really like cool like uh,
0: uh, sort of park around there too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's part of the campus. It's but, part of yeah. the campus,
2: but it's neat. Yeah, you no, know, it it was good. Um, they've got and and they seem to have the 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 biking part of it figured out. You mm-hmm. know the trail That's was cool. really easy to find, except for that last mile and a half or two miles, mm. and then there were just nice people that helped lead us the rest of the way.
1: It uh, it makes sense then that they'd be doing two showings for uh, film by bike. Yeah, this is cool. In keeping it bikey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're March in well, their case.
0: If you can't there. if you can't bike, you can you can, you can sit inside that. and mm-hmm, in a yeah. warm yeah theater and and watch bikes <laughs> exactly
4: you're taking a lot of responsibility in owning and riding a
3: bicycle you are now an operator of a wheeled vehicle
0: <laughs> We haven't done that one in a long time i I was just pulling from Google Drive yeah. <laughs> okay,
1: that's what the label was
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and now for
2: I love, I love, I love I love hey
0: don't don't ever use that. But that's our calendar. No, you were totally was, right then. Yeah, shit. Oh, that's all right. We'll fix it in post. Wait.
2: <laughs> ha, yes. <laughs> the flag. What's up? Uh, I have a all feeling right. I'm witnessing post.
0: <laughs> you're witnessing. You're witnessing pre-post. Oh. Pre-production. Oh my god, we got pre-production now. Yeah. Whoa. This is this is totally a. It's a new day, man. From bikeportland.org. 15th annual bike craft fair is back with a new venue and more bike craft. Bike craft. 2019 is set for November 30th and December 1st. It's a little bit earlier this year and closer to the peak shopping season and at the old location, the double tree near Lloyd center here. Um, this is a, <laughs> wait, this is not the first bike craft to be held at the double tree. That's, that's incorrect. Oh, really? Yes, I believe it originally was held at the double tree really we yes yeah. interesting it was it was revealed the last time Joe Beale was in mm. and specifically talking about bitecraft. Am I remembering this wrong?
1: I don't think so. We'll have to check, yeah,
0: we'll have to fact check ourselves and then fact check Jonathan Mouse on this. Mm. Also new this year is free beer and cider while it lasts. A music and storytelling stage, bands to be determined. Oh, please, Olive and Dingo, please, Olive and Dingo. And presence by vendors throughout the region, including Washington County and Seattle. And you won't want to miss one of the last ever performances of Portland's beloved mini bike dance team, the Sprockettes. Yes. Indeed, kind and of, kind of a little uh, bittersweet there.
1: Yeah, and if you're feeling like a uh, throwback, we interviewed the um uh, several months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but yeah, it would be good to go see them yeah. again. Uh, from Maddie Carlson, also part of the bike Portland biking family, columnist, or she, she is, I should say, uh, how two tweens fit on a family bike. <laughs> the end. The end of a saga. Um, And and this doesn't have a ton of text. Well, it does have text, but more so um, it includes a bunch of neat ideas as revolves around family biking. Uh, So if you are sitting there listening to this podcast thinking, how could this ever work? Well, check this post out. It's got a bunch of innovation and inspiring ideas about how to make it work uh, with anywhere from two up to it looks like four or five kids on a bicycle um, and Maddie talks about her own experience biking 178 pounds worth of kiddo uh, from point A to point B. So a good one to check out.
2: Oh, I hope there's Indeed. electricity involved
1: for some of them. Yes, my favorite bike title within the article—it's at the bottom here—is Shamu the Whale. It's uh its like—it's kind of like a, lo- a surly longtail meets a um, one of those recumbent bikes that has mm-hmm. the forward seated pedaler. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, Whoa! It's yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah, not not kidding. Oh, uh, it it huh. <laughs> check this article out. It'll give, if you were feeling discouraged about possibilities, it'll it'll give you some ideas. Huh.
0: And lastly, from no, not lastly, not even second to lastly. Hey, we got a lot of news this week. Ooh, yeah, from Tim Mooney, Scooter Apocalypse because they're raising the price. If only there were another two wheeled option available.
1: And this is for Washington Post's transportation. It's not loading for me right now. Oh,
0: no. No. I can get it.
1: I think he's alluding to bicycles, though, if I had to guess.
0: Are scooters going away? Good question. Ready? Let's race. Go. Oh, you know. Oh, they are raising the price. It's more expensive to rent a little electronic scooter than to hire an Uber, one rider says. Ooh. That's a tor- terrible takeaway, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about this the last time we were in the studio a couple weeks back with Emily and RJ. Um, and just just quickly hinted on, uh, was it Lyft? Uh, bought City Bikes app and then immediately crashed it. Yeah, or they tweaked, they tweaked it. They tweaked it, but it crashed. Yeah. <laughs> and and Uber has now owns a a scooter. Jump. Jump. Mhm. And uh
1: we're going to see a shake raising,
0: raising the price here.
1: There's going to be a shake down or a shake up. Shake downs and shake ups.
0: So this is reminding me of an era in history. People on the West Coast might be a little bit more familiar with this when trolley cars were kind of a means of transportation. I think that Remember? was nationwide. It was it was nationwide, yeah. but I thought it was like more prevalent here in the West Coast. Oh. Um, but yeah, bigger cities yeah. like Portland, uh, San Francisco, maybe a little bit more fam- famously, trolley cars was the way to get around. L mm-hmm. A had trolley cars. LA, at one point. yeah, yeah. L A was, and and now they're not. Now mm-hmm. the car is the dominant. Species of vehicle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's that, and, uh... and one of the the sort of. Um, I'm I'm really like, <laughs> I'm I'm slow to the point here, and I, I apologize. I'm just at you, a loss for this. words. But one of the 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 uh, events or 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 factors in the demise of the trolley car. Was automobile companies buying trolley cars? Oh
2: yeah, mm-hmm. and then
0: shuttering them.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like yeah, uh, Kansas City when we lived there, the one of the beautiful walking trails that they have was a trolley line that was bought in the 1940s yeah. or 50s yeah. by General Motors or Ford or whoever, and they bought it strictly to decommission it and and tear up the tracks so that people would would not have that option and they would be forced to to drive their car. And I think that ran all the way from downtown out to about 75th yeah. or 80th street mm-hmm. in Kansas city. And I think it was the same. Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the book. I want to say it was bike battles.
0: That Where sounds they, right. Yes. They talk yes. about
2: some of that history and he, he uses a few cities I think as case studies, but it goes back to, um uh, I, I think it was almost every major American city, not just on the West, but even in the Midwest, looking back it might not have been the best choice. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> no, but but here's the thing is we have we have the scooter share, we have the bike share mm-hmm. and I wouldn't necessarily call it a ride share, but we have an automobile ride app mm-hmm. that is now buying up these maybe not the companies but at least the the digital app to access the scooters mm-hmm. or these these bikes and then suddenly crashing or or raising the price essentially make it making it less convenient mm-hmm. to take the this mode of transportation than it is than it is to just hail an automobile yeah anyways what i'm saying is it all connects The automobile companies are out to get you. (laughs) (laughs) They're taking away your scooters. (laughs) I'm not wrong. I just (laughs) wish I was more eloquent about it and didn't sound like I was wearing a tinfoil hat. But in the meantime, damn it. Why did the automobile Mm. kill the scooter? Well,
1: um, I'll I'll preface this with leading money
0: with money yeah. oh, that's, that's <laughs> well why. that's why yeah. yes dang it <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll preface this uh, as a lead in to our next article <laughs> uh, I think I said at the be- or closer to the top of the show as the worm turns and uh, from City Lab we have an article titled how to see fall colors without a car what that is correct um, so I'm going to cut towards part of the, the middle of the article, uh, but they list a number of great ways in which uh, counties, municipalities, etc. are enabling their residents to experience the grandeur of wilderness without having to have an excessive carbon impact. Uh, because as they point out towards the top of the article, um, the expenditure of carbon to go to said beautiful place might be actually contributing towards said beauty of said place. Uh, that being said, uh, one of their ex- examples is the train to Upstate New York Trail. For example, takes an hour and a half from Grand Central Terminal for seventeen fifty each way, which is in New York prices not too shabby. Um, on Appalachian Trail Day, which took place earlier this month, the NPCA and its partner hosted a number of fall activities, including pumpkin picking for families and guided hikes through the lush forest there's parking but the organizers strongly encourage families to take the commuter train uh one participant says you are literally stepping off the train onto the trail uh says lauren cosgrove who manages npca's northeast branch and you'll be in a beautiful uh the beautiful peak fall foliage of the harlem valley uh so if you're um looking for ways to get out and about and not necessarily step into a car uh, there's a lot of ways to do it yeah and uh one of the ways is courtesy of executive producer Brock Dittus, who has some updates for our news and headlines. Yes, quote exciting news for the Columbia Gorge Express.
0: Starting on Monday, November fourth, the Columbia Area Transit (CAT) will become the provider <laughs> of the Columbia Gorge Express service between Portland, Multnomah Falls, Cascade Locks, and. Hood River, under CAT operations, Columbia Gorge Express riders will benefit from the following improvements. Increased service frequency between Portland, Multnomah Falls, Cascade Locks, and Hood River up to eight round trips daily. Additional connections to the Dalles; better synchronization with CAT's local routes, and improved coordination with other regional transit providers along the gorge. More streamlined information on schedules, stops, and customer service and Columbia Express Columbia Gorge Express tickets starting on November 4th Columbia Gorge Express tickets must be purchased from CAT. CAT offers several convenient ticket locations um, and even a easy to use hop through app for your smartphone to purchase tickets electri- electronically. So this is pretty cool. The Columbia Gorge Express um great way to get into the gorge. Mm-hmm. Um car light obviously not car free because that's a automobile of sorts but it's a transit option Mm -hmm. um and uh anna and her dad when her dad was visiting actually used it they loved it i was not fortunate enough to use it at the time that they were out there um but one of the downfalls is it only has so many trips per day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it it's kind of the difference between say like um. Oh gosh, I don't. I, no, I don't have a good analogy. Never mind.
1: Between an airplane and a
0: and <laughs> I a, don't know. I'm flagging that. I'm editing that, that garbage out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty swell. But it, essentially, like, <laughs> like it's it's a bigger company. It's more money to put towards the infrastructure.
1: Yep. Indeed. Um, which moves us to. We got
0: mail. And- So we, <laughs> yeah. we hinted at this earlier from Chris Smith, the bike parking code update we discussed back in episode 448 is going to the city council at 2 p.m. November 13th. So there's online information. We'll post the links there. Um, but if you can be present at city council at 2 p.m. on November 13th, that would be awesome. Make your voice heard. If not, go to the links that we'll Provide and make your voice heard that way.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, Sprocket Rewards, we've got a photo from Adam D. Adam uh, D. Sweet bike, Adam. Uh, Adam yeah. sent us photos of a Sprocket podcast sticker where he placed it on the bike. Good, good, right placement.
0: there on the seat tube. Excellent placement. Yes, and on the full picture, the fuller picture, you notice this is a surly straggler mm. in the. A blueberry muffin top mm. finish. It's very nice. It's dark like, yeah, blue. it's like the super dark blue.
4: Yeah,
1: it looks good. Thanks for sending the photo. And Chris in Colorado didn't send a photo,
0: but he did send a voicemail. He did send a voicemail.
3: Hey, Aaron Guthrie. It's Chris in Parker, Colorado. Hey, I'm calling because I wanted to share something with you guys and something that. Probably you all know, but I just sort of got, sort of had this epiphany. Uh, so basically here's the story. So, uh, a couple of days ago while it was nice, before the snow all came into town here, I, uh, my daughter and I, my, my youngest, she's seven, we went on a bike ride down to the store, went out to Home Depot, down to Walmart, and, uh, to pick up some items. You know, so this is about, I don't know, three, four miles from my house. It's, you know, it's fairly straightforward. And my daughter had been asking me for a long time if we could go on a long ride. And she has her little bike and I have my regular bike. You know, so we got all of our stuff together, got our backpack, and all the things you have to do when you go take an errand uh, down to the store, right? And actually, I don't do this very much even on my bike, Um but it seemed like a good excuse where we could do all this stuff. So on the way down there, we took the route where there was a lot of cars, which was interesting, taking my daughter into the heart of traffic, uh, which is interesting. And then on the way home, we took like these bike trails that we have in my town. Um, so we went to Home Depot, got the stuff, went to, and as we we're leaving, um, There was a Safeway right across, uh, the little, I don't know, uh, water ditch thing, I don't know, there's like a, there's like a drainage ditch. So we went over the bridge, went over there, got our stuff, and then we kind of went home. And when I was at Safeway, and I was putting my stuff in the bag, and you know, you're doing all the stuff you have to do with a bike, locking it up, and putting your stuff away, making sure Nothing's going to get stolen off the bike, all that kind of stuff. I looked up at the highway, which is right next to the Safeway, and it was totally packed with cars, like just completely packed. It it's Saturday afternoon, and, and I just thought to myself, man, I'm glad I'm on a bike and not driving my car. And uh as we're riding our bike home, my daughter says back to me, she says, boy, Daddy, aren't we glad we're not in a car? Yeah. And- I said, yes, so. I'm oh, yeah. really glad, and she goes, yeah, me too, so we rode home, at that point, again, we're on these bike paths at this point, so there's no cars or anything, but what I wanted to share with you guys, and is that as a person who drives a car every single day, and and as a job, I actually drive for a living.
0: And that's
1: oh, where our no. voicemail cut
3: off. Yes, there's a there's a three
0: a... minute time limit on the voicemail. Yeah. Uh, so what I wanted to share with you guys is and that's the end of it. Oh, Chris, I Hey, we please call it. us back. <laughs> Leave us another voicemail. <laughs> Leave first. us a continuation of the voicemail. However, I want to focus on the kid saying, Aren't you glad we're not driving dad? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so great! I I love it when like kids make those kinds of observations because um, we're often inculturated to think otherwise. Mm-hmm.
1: I think uh, it's that like you don't have the baggage of I'm going to say it society like just kind of like <laughs> weighing on you know it, you've got a un you've got an unadulterated literally like a yep. a, a view into the world. So that's, yeah. that's a good way to look at
0: things. Yeah. Um, I believe this is the same Chris that sends us these bikey photos. He says, "Hey, saw this thing hanging on the wall in Parker. It's a Schwinn Haida bike, single speed, twenty-inch tires, Italian-made. Ever seen one of these on the road in Portland?" And mm-hmm. I gotta say, I don't think I have. I've seen various different kinds of like folding bikes, but I've never seen one like this. The closest, it's pretty I've pretty cool, seen and to it's got a 80. bottle dynamo. Oh, wow, it does. Yeah, you can like wow. scroll
1: up and see good the old other pictures. bottle dynamo. Oh, man. My dad's cool bike. The first bike he had had a huh. bottle dynamo and that's oh, yeah. as much experience as I've had with bottle dynamos. They still make them though. Yeah. No. Apparently they're pretty efficient.
0: Mr. Mr. Sean Granton of the Urban Adventure uh-huh. League swears by them. Yeah. 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 They're a
1: good way to go. Um I I think the closest to this bike that I've seen is a Molten, which is yeah. a totally different frame but like this is kind of what it makes me think of in the niche category.
0: Mm-hmm. There was another bike I can't remember. But it's, it's very similar as far as, like, that hinge clamp. That hinge clamp was mm. on a different kind of bike. Oh. Um, I can't remember who else made it. Uh, bike Friday? It might even. What's that? No. No, it's an older. It's uh, an older. Okay. I want to say, like, Raleigh. Okay. Their way old folding bike had that same kind of clamp on it. Gotcha. Anyway. that's That's cool. I like folding bikes. Folding bikes are... Are pretty cool. And do tell. And yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm like kind of fascinated by all the different kinds, especially mm-hmm. after that time uh, in Minneapolis where we saw this Marlboro branded folding bike. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a whole history. I, I won't go into it on the record because um, we talked about it in a previous episode, mm-hmm. but it's just interesting that Marlboro partnered with a frame builder to to market this this folding bike. Mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Wow. Yeah. And, well, now we've reached the end of all things. That's it. Yeah. You've made it to the end of <laughs> yet another listening. episode. Congratulations, <laughs> episode.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Yeah.
0: Mr. T, thank you. I'm going to shake your hand even though nobody can see this thank happening. You. Thank you so much for, for hanging out with us tonight. Well,
2: thank you guys for having me. It's just been really great. I, I appreciate it. It was nice hanging out. Yeah. yeah. And thanks... Thanks to the beer mongers mm-hmm. for the beer and thanks Guthrie for tracking it down and bringing it by.
1: Oh, you <laughs> bet. Thanks to the crew and uh thank you for being here. Really appreciate the chance to thank talk you with you. Thank you very much. Indeed. Shall we do it?
0: Yeah. I was I was about to switch to the music app to do you to want check, to? but I don't have to. No, you, you, you got go, this. Nuts. No. go nuts. No. No
1: you. Uh. Ah, ah. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio, thanks to the generous support
0: of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Oh wait, wait, wait. Email. Wait, 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 what? wait. wait. <laughs> that's that's gonna be such a cool button. Uh, it's gonna be hard for me not to draw attention to it every time. Um, we forgot to ask our guests.
2: Oh yeah. How should we read the outro oh oh no don't put this on me <laughs> <laughs> i will say it's halloween when this is being recorded oh that's
0: true
1: Fair so enough. i
2: don't know if you want to go with any kind of halloweeny themey.
1: did we do did we, we... did well we did autumnal which turned to halloween oh that's true with jonathan I that's believe. right but uh should we be like so meta halloween that we don't read it halloweeny
0: no okay no <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna riff off of what you just <laughs> said Okay, cuz I think last time I did like
2: like vampire
0: or spooky ghost something. Spooky so, ghost vampire.
2: Sure. Sure. But it won't be Halloween when they hear this.
0: No, it's true. But I'll follow your lead. Let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. All right. You go you're you're dressed as a pirate it's for true. Halloween. It's true. It's funny because I yeah. am. Yes, exactly. So since you're dressed as a pirate for Halloween, you Yer. you got to read it as as a pirate. Um, and since I'm dressed as a robot for yeah, Halloween, it's true. I, you are. <laughs> I got to read this as <laughs> as a robot. And oh man, too bad we don't have anything to take pictures with, because you know, that otherwise would we, we would totally show you the pictures of yeah. these awesome robot. That's a crying pirate. Shit
2: costumes. Yeah, that's a right. real crying shame. <laughs> Words can't describe what I'm looking
1: at right now. <laughs> well, it's not a merman, that's for sure.
3: Uh, that's a good point. Uh,
1: <laughs> Our Sprocket Podcast is produced at Stream PDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal.
0: Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com
1: Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com
0: Call or text to 503-847-9774
1: Tweeter and the Instagrams at sprocketpodcast
0: Thanks to Ryan J. Lame for our theme music Heartbird for
1: our headline sounder
0: Marcus Norman for graphic design
1: And thanks to our sustaining donors Shadowfoot, Katrina Melengard Wayne
0: Norman, Eric Iverson,
1: Cameron Lean, Richard Wesensky, Tim Mooney,
0: Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Wise, Todd Parker, Todd Parker Dan Gephardt, who, who is a, a time, time traveler. traveler,
1: Dave Knows,
0: Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, JP Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Wilder, Anna, I am no longer programmed for love. (laughs) That's
1: a shame. Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G.
0: Guthrie Straw, who is sitting right next to me. But Aaron I'm a pirate Green, today. author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The REGRANERY. Campsite, Mac Nurse David,
1: Nathan Poulton.
0: Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan, Michael Flournoy. Jeremy
1: Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman.
0: Harry Hugel, E.J. Fitterin, Brad Hipwell. Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson,
1: Ranger Tom.
0: Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing. David Moore. Todd Grosbeck. Chris Barron. Chris, Chris Barron. Barron. Chris, Chris Barron. Barron.
1: Sean Baird. Simon. Gregory Braithwaite.
0: Ryan Morrow. Dude Luna. Matthew Rooks. Gaga.
1: Marshall Paula at Funataki Cyclecraft.
0: Philip M. Spartan Dale. No relation. Mr. T. Who is sitting right across from us?
1: Our matey bike initiative key one up sarah g
0: adam d go dig a hole beth hammond and greg murphy and all of our former donors who helped us get this far now brush your wooden teeth and go to bed or plug in to recharge